Hello, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on our social medias. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing the fifth episode of Andor Season 1 with a special guest. But before that, uh, introductions. So, hi, I'm Emily. Uh, She, her pronouns. Uh, You can follow me on social media at StardustM on TikTok and at underscore StardustM on I almost said YouTube. I don't have a YouTube <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And my brainworm of the week is Lauren Santeca nepotism, baby. <laughs> Hayden and I have been discussing the Santecas <laughs> quite a bit this week. <laughs> so. Oh my God. He jump scared me in Game of Thrones and I made that tweet and then you DM'd me about it today. <laughs> He's a nepotism baby in there, too, apparently. Fuck the Skywalkers. <laughs> He's a nepotism baby of, Sky- of the Star Wars saga. The Loras and Tekas are my Star Wars nepotism family. <laughs> but basically, the actor who plays Loras and Tekka, I actually do not know his name. He's just some old, wrinkly white guy. <laughs> he was He's in British. Game of Thrones. <laughs> He's this old, British, wrinkly white guy. And he was in Game of Thrones as the three-eyed raven. He was actually recast because... <sighs> yeah <laughs> like in the fifth season they had like this other old wrinkly white guy but then they changed the, the casting so that it was the more well-known wrinkly white guy so i was like oh it's laura santeca like he was on a beach or something with brandon i was like that's laura santeca and i i when i watched game of thrones for the first time in what is it 2019 now I was like not into the shits of Star Wars, so I didn't recognize who he was. But now that's that's fucking Lord Santeca, and he lives in a tree. He's like part of a tree, and then he can go into the mind of a raven because he's a warg, which is this thing. It's like a being that's connected spiritually to like animals, and he could also and Bran is also a warg, so he could also like go into Hodor, and then he was like this kind of like Teen Titans Go thing where he could control him. I don't know. Anyways, um, I think I should introduce myself now since I've talked for so much. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she/her pronouns. You can find me on social media on TikTok at tekka.ytd and on Instagram and Twitter at mcuytd. And my bra- brainworm of the week—I have two of them. I have a runner-up and then a winner. Runner-up was the random. This is the way in Game of Thrones season five. I forget which episode, but John was at the was at castle black and he just randomly said like this is the way and it caught me off guard (laughs) and i think it happened to me when i was watching it for the first time too it was like this is the way this is this is not the way this is not the mandalorian um but the the winner is the bounty hunters 29 cover that was revealed at celebration it's oh it's 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 a cover it's a cover it's a cover Val, it's not looking too good for my bestie balance. It's it's really not. <laughs> Seconds before his funeral. Oh, oh God. God. I can't. Ethan is already so mean. I can't. It was a nice callback to like one of the original covers of him. Mm-hmm. Or one of the original panels scenes. Yeah. Um, the, the one we're all joking about is that in Star Wars Volume 1, number 29, is when, is in Legends, when he first goes up against Vader, and then he gets dropped into a pit of boiling acid or something, or yep. like lava, 
and he dies but then he's resurrected for this i forget if, who i was talking and to so jason it. taught of him so true <laughs> but basically he gets resurrected for this 80 for i think the marvel 80th anniversary because he was one of the first characters to be introduced in the star wars like line he came back for a one shot where he comes back to life after being dead for like almost 40 years and he doesn't get the shit beat out of him by vader but he does save himself and become a human again through some weird gem magic i love that for him uh, but yeah thank you <laughs> but yeah the cover we're referring to is star wars 29 with the the pink jumpsuit where he's cheeked up and he's kind of like fighting vader and actually there was another reference to it um on target vader number six there's him and vader fighting in like almost the same position except they're like horizontal instead of vertical um but yeah Liv, why don't you introduce yourself <laughs> all right hi i'm liv i use she her pronouns you can find me everywhere at olivia Madala. and my brain worm this week is uh cyril karn's charlotte lucas era he has no money no prospects and he's the burden of his parents and he's frightened <laughs> very frightened <laughs> oh my god i just rewatched. oh go ahead no, you go. You go. <laughs> I just rewatched um episode five, like an hour or two before we started recording. And oh my God, his mother, she would not stop talking about the prospects. Like, what are we, gold miners? You're living on Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we also have a lovely guest today. Yes, we Hello. do. You introduce Hi. yourself. Hi, my name is Linz or Lindsay, and my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on Twitter at a cosmic love and on Instagram at a cosmic loves. So just add an S to the end. Um, and uh, can I also mention that uh, Savi and I have started yes. a podcast called Stardust Records, and you can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also on Twitter at Stardust Records without the O. So there you go. And so my brain burden of the week um, is uh, it's always Jin Cassian, <laughs> but so uh, no, more so, <laughs> in some flavor, some different flavor every week. Um, no, but but what's really been on my mind has been um, Cyril and Dedra. Uh, I'm just super excited to see them meet. And I've just been like considering all the different ways that'll happen. And it's mostly been fed by the interviews that um, Kyle and Denise have done together. They just have such chemistry and they're like, they seem to be really good buddies. And so, and they're so goofy. So just watching all of those, I was like, okay, I'm like so stoked to see them actually interact in the show. So I've been thinking about them quite a bit. That's my episode brain. Episode six. Yes, I hope I, so. I feel it's, it's, it's episode Tonight. six. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> Uh, what happened this week? I don't really know if anything. Well, New York Comic Con happened. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We did get some yeah. publishing news. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, so the Lucasfilm Publishing panel was on Sunday, and we got a new book announcement from Delilah S. Dawson. I forget which con she was at. I think it was San Diego Comic Con. Am I wrong? But she said that she was writing a new Star Wars book. I think she was on. I think she was at 
the publishing panel at no she was on the del rey panel at san diego comic-con and she said she was writing a new book but it hadn't been announced yet so they announced at the panel that she's writing a book about the inquisitors so she's writing oh go ahead i was gonna say i'm so stoked for that no her i've only read um i think it was yeah i've only read black spire um the black spire novel by her but i i thought i was just reading it because i was gonna go to galaxy's edge like the next week and i just wanted to read it to read it i was invested i hadn't read phasma before so i did in fact get the whole book spoiled for me (laughs) however i really didn't care because what the phasma content that was in black spire was fucking amazing and i need to read phasma so much more now um but yeah we got the inquisitor book announcement does anyone remember what it's called it's like red blade eater got it right Some... here rise of the red blade rise of the red blade there we go. <laughs> and it's um it's a novel about one of the inquisitors that was introduced in the 2017 darth vader run by charles soul who kind of coined all of the major inquisit not major inquisitors but he introduced a lot of them that have been showing up in live action like he um he he was originally the person that kind of fleshed out quizzy as i think yeah as rebels was going on or maybe like right at the tail end of his part in rebels uh but yeah he was the first one to really like give us some meat on the background of his character his joker origin story is one of my favorite stories in all of star wars basically He's an inquisitor because he couldn't read in the library and then he had a specific vendetta against Joe Costa New. And then it, it, it's it's so funny when you think about it, but in context, it's it's a lot. Um There's... also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, uh on the topic of the other inquisitors that he's introduced, um uh this uh second sister, Trilla was in it, just as like just mm-hmm. you see her. She doesn't talk. Um, but then also ninth sister who's in Fallen yes. Order as well is in it, and she is sassy. Like she no, gives she's... back to Vader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not scared of him. And uh, I love that. So there's mm-hmm. other ones too, but those specifically, I love that oh, they yeah. took them and brought them into Fallen Order and like gave them more, mm-hmm. especially Trilla. But like, yeah, I'm so so I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm I'm very excited because I, I really liked her style of writing and I'm excited to see, like, I'm excited to, like, read the book as it comes out. I'll probably have to read Phasma by then, though. Uh, <laughs> um, but also at the publishing panel, which people were calling it a Del Rey panel, but there was more comic stuff than there was Del Rey, <laughs> which, like, kind of did me a little chuckle. But anyways, we got some publishing news. Uh, Justina Ireland is doing a Sana Staros miniseries, which yeah. I tweeted about this, but a, <laughs> finally a Black woman writing the first Black woman introduced into canon, Slade. Just delicious. I I could not be happier. Um, and not to say that the non-Black authors did not do some amazing stuff with her, but it's very nice to have a mm-hmm. Black woman mm-hmm. in the publishing realm because I, listen, you guys know, I love the comics. I mean, I literally have a wall in my room dedicated to them, but that that suite is not diverse. There, let's think about it. Star Wars 2020 white man, uh, Vader 2020 white man, the Afra 2020 Filipina um, non-binary person, Betty Hutter's 2020 white man, <laughs> High Republic white man, more High Republic white, or 
Hispanic man. There, there just really has not been a lot of diversity in the comics publishing suite. And I'm very, very happy that Justina Ireland is getting to show her comic chops and really get like a foot in the door and to diversify that writing suite. Again, not to say that the comics, that the writing suite right now is bad, but it's very lacking in diversity. Um, so we got the Salamistaros miniseries. And then we also got some news on Revelations, which is kind of like, if you guys remember, I know Liv has read it, but Empire Ascendant, after, in 2019, once all of the the main stories stopped running, like once Star Wars 2015 stopped, once Aphra stopped, and then once Vader 2017, 2017 stopped, they all kind of stopped, like one month after the other, they had a big giant, like, amalgamation comic called, called Empire Ascendant, where they had each of the I think it was the same four authors it was either the same four authors for the 2019 suite or the 2020 suite I forget but they all did like mini stories like maybe six seven pages about the story that they were going to be writing in the 2020 series so I think it was still Greg Puck who did the Star Wars one shot and then I think Charles did the Vader one I believe and then Ethan did um, Ethan did Bounty Hunters and Kieran Gillen did Afra. but basically it kind of like took them out of the time period in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and kind of bridged the gap and closed off that portion of their stories. Now this portion of the stories, we're, we're still in the shits of Empire Strikes Back, right? Han is still missing or we know where he is, but he's still in Carbonite. They're nowhere near done and they're nowhere near to the point of Return of the Jedi. But what they're doing is they're kind of they're kind of laying groundwork for where the rest of these stories are going after the Hidden Empire, which we talked about before. The Hidden Empire is the culmination in the trilogy of the Kira trilogy, quote unquote, that Charles Soule calls it, War of the Bounty Hunters, Crimson Reign, and Hidden Empire. And those have taken up the majority of the publishing, of the comics publishing from 2021 to probably the middle of 2020 2023 that's that's a long time to do a series of crossovers and i i commented on this in our war of the bounty hunters video or not video jeez <laughs> podcast but it feels like they're really investing in the tr the the trilogy and maybe losing sight of where it would go after the trilogy so i think revelations is going to help steer us in the right direction and give us something to look forward to after the cure trilogy because not to say that i'm not excited for hidden empire i'm just excited to see what they do after that because because the crossovers have taken up such a large part of the comics world for so long we're kind of losing sight of that end goal sorry that was a really long-winded explanation of what it was but basically Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a question about that, though. Oh, go um, ahead. Yes. So, so um, Revelations, is that going to probably take place before Return of the Jedi? Like, are those little, is that anthology or whatever you would call it, is that going to probably take place before Return of the Jedi? I think so, yes. Okay, so cool. In, in the interiors that we got at Celebration, which are penned by Salvador La Roca, the enemy... <laughs> 
it shows Vader with the Eye of Webbish Bog, which the Eye of Webbish Bog was originally a concept piece that was used in Rise of Skywalker, but then it got scrapped once they, I think it was used for Duel of the Fates, and then when they came up with Rise of Skywalker, they scrapped that, but they brought back the Eye of Webbish Bog in the second arc of Vader 2020, when Vader is on Mustafar, and he has to, like, prove himself to the Emperor, which, okay, <laughs> But basically, the Eye of Webbish Bog is Force-sensitive, and it kind of gives him visions and, like, makes him think about himself. And basically, the whole premise of Revelations, I think, is that Vader is going up against the Eye of Webbish Bog again, and then the Eye of Webbish Bog giving him visions is going to be, like, the anthology that Revelations is talking about. Oh. So, like, you'll see into the stories of, like, the, the Skywalker's twins, the bounty hunters group and then the afro group because the afro group is actually going with like sith adjacent technology right now with the ascendant yeah. um and i i remember the interview with mark guggenheim talking about how it was a vader story within an anthology story so it's of course going to focus mostly on vader but we're still going to get um kind of like the trajectory of all of those suites coming together in this kind of book and people have been saying that it's going to give a star wars what if I don't think that's the case, and I really hope it's not. I, sorry, I really don't want Star Wars What If. It's it, it's just a me thing. But yeah, that's basically the premise of Revelations in a very, very long-winded explanation. <laughs> oh, now I'm really excited. I'm excited, too. It got pushed back from November 2nd to the 23rd, I think. Let me check on my release calendar. But yeah, it got pushed back as most Star Wars comics have been for the past two years. Like Hidden Empire got pushed back from October to November. Like in the end of Crimson Rain 5, it said coming in October. And then like a month or two ago, they dropped that interview with Charles Soule about the Kira trilogy. And then they're like, oops, sorry, it's coming out at the beginning of November now. <sighs> okay, yeah. Hidden Empire got pushed back again to November 16th. And Revelations is coming out the 23rd. So yeah, basically shit ton of delays in the Star Wars comic world. It, it, it's it been a long time. So that is, I think, all of the comics news that we got. Oh, and we got Afro covers. And yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but we got hieroglyphic stuff. We got a yes, lot of the did. wave to... Um, information so we got the convergence uh, cover <laughs> Axel Emily's having a moment no I why did they make him so like fine like no, I they, don't understand <laughs> they made him fine <laughs> like so interactive apparently he is in convergence so that comes out in, I think the 22nd as I think people were saying. Yes. And then we also got the Path of Vengeance cover, which looks really cool. Oh my God. The YA and, one, right? Yes. <gasps> which is like the sequel to uh, Path of Deceit. And then uh, and then they also are, they're uh, going to write a YA anthology series that is going to take place at a bunch of different times. I'm really excited because I think, I'm hoping that Justina Ireland might write Vern. Because apparently hers is not quite phase three. 
so I'm hoping that she'll write Vern and I'm hoping that maybe uh, we might get a wreath story too before phase three. Um, but I'm excited about that because I really like the YA stuff in the High Republic and I really like those authors. So uh, yeah, that's exciting. Phase oh, two. And we also, we also and got- And phase three is um, coming in November, which is crazy. November? Oh my gosh. Wait, that is, is High Republic phase two only two waves i'm not sure it because it really doesn't seem like they're they have a third phase or at least they haven't announced anything about it or not phase or wave. you mean phase yeah i'm not sure actually it might just be because they're doing less books because they're doing more comics this time and then they also have the yeah. battle of jetta audiobook which seems to mm-hmm. be more of a less of an add-on like tempest runner and more of like a big mm-hmm. event thing and uh, isn't the um, lightsaber book for the High Republic going to be coming out? Yeah. I forget when yes. it comes out, but it would, and it's supposed to be all three phases mm-hmm. in the book. So I'm assuming, yeah, they're probably going to start phase three soon because of that book coming out next year. Yeah. I feel like it's coming out in the middle of the year. So, yeah. and um, I think some of the, I think at least one of the anthology stories is in phase three as well Mm -hmm. so I think yeah I think that'll kind of like lead us into phase three and it kind of makes sense that phase two might be a little shorter um yeah just because it seems like phase three is going to be a whopper (laughs) (laughs) but I'm excited the covers look really all really good uh Mm -hmm. lots of comics oh and the new high republic comic comes out tomorrow or the first one of phase two Yes, High Republic number one. I will be picking up the Phil Noto variant. I'm very excited. I've also heard some very worrying reactions from Belle, from Claire, from Sage, from Claudia, from Nova, from Nina, who what somehow is, read it. What's worrying mean? <laughs> like, shit goes down in the first issue. Which oh, shit, okay. Shit did not go down until, like, issue six or seven of High Republic mm. volume one. And if their reactions tell me anything it is going to be very bad for these I mean, characters <laughs> i mean not to spoil path of deceit but oh close my ears but uh damn no i mean <laughs> okay it goes down there and that's that's the first book <laughs> of this oh phase so i'm not surprised page 211 there's 345 pages i'm that's i'm literate y'all i'm literate <laughs> i read i read like two almost 200 pages on Sunday. Are you proud of me? I am proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am looking now at my bookshelf of books and Rebel Rising, Midnight Horizon, and Into the Dark are both front and center. So yes, but I'm also reading. You also need Out of the Shadows. Oh shit, that's right. I don't have that. Can't read Midnight Horizon without Out of the Shadows. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> just just another thing to bully me for but anyways <laughs> anyways oh. uh let's get into episode five of andor so let's start with some of our overall thoughts Liz, do you want to go first Please. oh oh man you sprung it on me um <laughs> i was amazed no i i loved it i love that they took this time to set up um the mission and mm-hmm. really introduce us to the conflicts between the characters it was very um the pace was wonderful and the characters were so so rich i'm i'm just 
this it's gonna make tonight <laughs> hurt that much more whatever happens yeah but yeah no I was very happy with it I agree yeah. mm-hmm. I was oh wait no Emily you go ahead no I was oh um well I was I mean not to say that I was disappointed that the the heist didn't happen this episode I I w- originally was but then I realized that they were kind of hashing out the team more and building this kind of tension between them so that the heist will just be so much better and I just rewatched this I just rewatched the episode again a couple hours before we started recording but it is going to be so good this episode you have all of these kind of converging storylines that are finally going to come to fruition we're going to have probably Cyril and Deidre meet in episode six and you kind of see those inklings start ish in episode five um I heard some people complain that the episode was kind of slow and that they didn't like how they set how it set everything up but I thought this um I thought this episode did a great job of like building tension and building up anticipation to this kind of heist that is absolutely going to go off the shits and off the rails very quickly I'm very sure but yeah that was my thought love the episode I've loved all the episodes I think since we've come out or since the since they've just all come out I'm very happy with this show and I'm very happy with the conversations we're having with the characters we're getting introduced to I'm I'm just I'm just living for it Liv I also really like this episode um I find my I find myself enjoying the Coruscant bits a lot like I I enjoy the the Aldani bits as well but the Coruscant bits I don't know I just like to see I've always been fascinated by Coruscant and the Mm -hmm. people that live there and like it's like higher class it's like fancier and then you get (laughs) to see Mon Mothma and her her mean daughter (laughs) (laughs) and I I don't know I just really like it um I loved this episode made me love Nemec somehow even more. He's a goner. He, I don't <laughs> know. He's gonna make it. He's gonna he's make, make it. it. Well, he's either he's gonna, gonna get cyborgified. He'll be he's gonna make it for now. <laughs> oh my god. I was I was gonna say, although he's either not gonna make it or he's gonna get cyborgified. Valet's core. Valet's core. So true. <laughs> Enjoying the ranks. So true. So, the ranks the ranks currently consist of Valance, Fennec Shand, and Cobb Vanth. All hot people. What does that say about true. Namek? He's a hot girly. So he true. Yeah. There you go. Can't go wrong. Technically also Luke Skywalker does. Oh, oh my god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anakin too. All hot people. All hot. Well, him literally hot, but <laughs> all hot people. Stop. Stop. I like how, I like how in that list we were like, yeah, no more side. Can't think of another person with a cyborg. Like, just we were like the main Not fucking the character of the entire franchise. I think it shows our priorities now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. No, because yeah, Val, I- Fennec, and and Cobb—they're all gay. So that's what our so priorities true. are. Yeah. Well, Luke is gay too. I'm gonna oh, say yeah, Luke, that's true too. Luke, you know. Oh my god, no! I okay. So before we started recording, I I said that I had two runners up for the brainworm of the week, and I finally remembered what it was. My runner-up, runner-up of the Brainworm of the Week was Luke in 
the the black imperial uniform that we got in the preview for star wars 28 when it it sows the seeds for his black chanel boot outfit in return of the jedi and let me tell you i read that preview i was losing my mind and then my our friends who got the arcs were talking about it and i i am loving this arc so much and i love his little gay black outfit i'm i'm living <laughs> for it i posted it many times on my profile if you want to go and look but yeah that was my runner-up runner-up brain of the week is him in the black imperial uniform go ahead sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love this episode and I loved it for a lot of the reasons. I think this was really great development. I think I think it was really necessary for like, especially because probably not everyone's going to make it out of this mission. So it's oh nice to have this um, this layer of understanding and of the characters and of their dynamics. So then if they lose someone, it's going to hurt more than like if we had just jumped from episode four into straight into the heist. Um mm-hmm. And I also think, I just, I just like, I mean, like, I know people say slower pace is a bad thing. I think that this show having a slower pace is a good thing. I think in the oh, past, yeah. there's been an issue with Star Wars shows feeling like they're rushing. And I think this is really nice to just take the time to really develop everything and since especially since it is seeming to carry those three episode arcs I mean there is the overarching plot but like these three episode arcs it's nice um because if you look at it like that it's like oh well it's it's the three episode arcs it's not slow at all (laughs) like it's it does feel like a good pace and then overall so I really I I just I loved I loved this one I loved getting I love getting I like getting to see real life things in Star Wars that make the characters feel real like when you see them taking care of the goats or hanging up laundry or like my mom Mothma and her family having breakfast together or like Cyril sitting in his room with action figures like all of that makes uh the characters feel so much more grounded and so much more like uh you're able to more like easily attach to them um so that we can get into more specifics we'll start with um Eldani and we're just we'll just go through like all that kind of stuff and then we'll move to the the Coruscant people so uh first we'll start with Cassian in this episode thoughts on his character I I wrote down notes for all of the (laughs) the quotes that I thought um don't touch me you want something you ask me um tell yourself whatever you want him kind of being really possessive of his possessions and like getting really in what the fuck is his name Skeen micro whatever you want to call him in Skeen's face when uh when he touches the stuff which I mean don't touch my stuff I I get you you're just like me for real but you can see that he's very not reserved but he obviously keeps himself which obviously transfers over into Rogue One but you can really see I think I forget who I was listening to talk about this I think it was Fulcrum but you can see him like step up and start to be a leader like especially in the part where Terramin is training the four the four men Cassian himself uh Skeen and Nemec to be storm or not stormtroopers what do we know what rank those guys are that are at that base privates privates oh they said it they said it too wasn't it lieutenant oh yeah could was it lieutenant Clem it, it might have been lieutenant yeah because like... 
they have in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what what Oops. rank is isn't is Gorin a lieutenant? Look, Gorin is a lieutenant. So actually they can't be lieutenants because they're so are they Gorin. private? Private. It is private. I think okay. I think it is privates. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like he was like an air force pilot or whatever. Or yeah. private. That's what they were saying uh mm-hmm. Clem was. Um so and they also have the the mud trooper like they have the mud trooper officer uniforms they don't have like the mud trooper i'm sorry i love mud troopers so much i want a black series mud trooper helmet so badly i would never take it off um but anyways i'm getting ahead of myself we can really (laughs) we can really start casting and step up and start to be a leader especially when he um when he says that skeen should be on the outside because he's a lefty and then vel drills him and then he says that he's noticed which like what hand everyone fires with like you can see he pays attention and he he knows how to lead a group of bitches but that is all i'll say on him (laughs) i'll leave it to the cassian experts yeah i mean going off that it's like so easy to see why he makes a good rebel like you said he kind of had this natural ability to step up and lead you can tell why he's a good spy because he's so able to pick up on the details of people like the fact that he was able to easily say which uh everyone's dominant hand in the group um after being there for what like he's been there for like two days or something so like that's all I think that's such good groundwork for knowing what they're building to building to him being a captain in rebel intelligence that all of these skills are there um I think I said this before but I think it's it's so interesting how like we see like how quick to anger Cassian is and that's kind of his default where like in Rogue One you can tell that like he's kind of managed to that's not his immediate first response um because like Jin goes through his stuff and he doesn't really blink an eye um he he's more like temperate with people and but then when he's stressed you can tell that that he defaults kind of to that response because like you see it with um on Edu especially when he's with Bodhi he's he's snappier uh he he's kind of mad and then especially after the entire thing on Edu I think that's where it really boils but um I I like that and like it's so clear that like Cassian is not he's the same man but he's different and so I really like how they're laying the groundwork for that here um another thing with like the no touching thing it's like don't touch me versus with like I hate but like with Jin there's kind of this natural ability of like they's always like even like okay whatever say what you want they're always standing really close to each other it's yeah. weird and like and that's really interesting when you consider you know Cassian here I mean you could see it with Bix too even in this series like clearly when Cassian is, is, and even Marva, like when Cassian is close with people, he has no issue with physical touch, but like clearly there's this barrier with people when he does not trust them. And I also think that's really interesting to see with Jin, how, how naturally he is to her as like this kind of natural trust towards her um, maybe. But I, yeah, I just, I like that a lot. I, I like that he owns up to being paid I think that was really interesting that and and his reasoning of like you know you guys I was like he's like I'm not going to be the reason that you guys pull out of this mission and I need to know that you have my back and if you don't that's fine but like also like uh you not trusting me is not the reason that you're so nervous about this and I just I liked that I liked that honesty from him and I once again I think it's a very um 
you can see the continuation of themes from Rogue One where he reveals that about himself and then Skeen tells him about his past and this like whole trust goes both ways thing. Mm-hmm. Because I, okay, I'm not a Rogue One girly. We've established this. However, you did just remind me of when I've been in this fight since I was six years old. He did not tell um, Skeen that like at all. And you could see him really start to open up after this, something's gonna happen. I don't know. But you guys can talk more about that than me, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say uh, the part where he does own up to everything and he, well, almost everything, as much yeah. as he can tell them. He can't tell them about Luthen. But yeah. um, when, he's, when he's owning up, or when he's turned and he sees the shuttle going across the valley, and then he, like, the moment he turns back, it's like he's made that decision. He knows that he has to do this because not just for himself, but for them, too, because they're shaken the group is shaken and it's it's not just that he's thinking oh they could like turn on me but also they're not going to work together as a team at this point if we just leave it like this so it's going to be so much more dangerous if I don't say something kind of thing and then the fact that he owns up to it but then kind of turns it around on them like but don't use this happening as an excuse not to go through with it and I just I love that he's so intelligent um oh my gosh I love how smart he is in this show I mean obviously he is but like I'm sure that he's learned all this through the experiences that he's had before we see him before the start of the show um because we learned that he was in prison for three years um we know what it was like for him somewhat of what it was like for him as a child um and so I think we're going to get more and more context to realize why he is the way he is as we're seeing him in like this episode, I'm sure when we finish the show and we go back, we'll be able to be like, oh, that makes total sense why he did this and said this and was a certain way or why he was like, don't touch me. Um, I feel like we're going to get so much more context. And I love the way that they're revealing that. I love mm-hmm. the way that they're revealing these things about Cassian. Um, I feel like it just makes me want more every time the episode ends. I'm like, I didn't get enough. I didn't get all the answers, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, I was super impressed with him as always. Uh, and I love the way that you can clearly see how he's different with every single character. Mm-hmm. He's like an older brother to Nemec. Um, I love the part where he says, uh, he says, he compliments Nemec on the, when they see the dam, they see the garrison. He's like, it's just like your model, you know? And I thought that was so, that was so cool and was so cute. Um, and then, you know, obviously he's like on guard with Skeen, um, because he sees probably like somewhat of himself in Skeen. Also, probably he's met a lot of men like him. So, I mean, he obviously recognized his, uh, I'm assuming they're like crime syndicate or gang tattoos. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I was confused if the one was like a bar, uh, the one on his chest almost looked like a barcode. So I thought maybe it was specific to that one prison yeah i think in the the database expansion or whatever that they put out they said that that one was the um the prison tattoo and then the one with like the hand i forget what that one was it was called by the hand hand. yeah there's and then there's way too many fucking hand references in star wars (laughs) the crate head crate head was the first one he identified i want them to 
I want to know more about these because I'm all for like learning about the little subgroups and how they cross over and everything. Yeah, because he also yeah. had another tattoo that they didn't talk about. I think about. it was yeah. like it was the one on his stomach, right? Yeah, yeah, I like so. And I couldn't really tell what it was, but there was another one. Um yeah, or like I also think it's interesting, like he's so nice with Cinta. And part of that is like the flirting, but like also, like I said, I said this on Twitter, like the reason that Cassian flirts with Cinta is not that he's actually interested in her. It's because he knows that he can flirt with her and because she's already sharing a blanket with someone, wonder who that could be, (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) that he doesn't have to ever worry about it going to a place where he has to be Uh, vulnerable with her. Um, So yeah, he can flirt and he knows that he'll, whatever, Val will always be like, hey mind your business (laughs) but here's another point on that I think he's also attracted her because she's like really strong and I think he's attracted to strong people or strong women like you know we got Bix and then I mean if you're if you're a Jin Cassian person then Jin fits that absolutely I think he he likes her I think he's the type of woman that he likes I just think like he knows that like yeah he knows by scheme telling him at the beginning of an episode doesn't go somewhere and the reason he continues is like he likes her as a person but also Florida Little is not gonna go yeah, anywhere for sure uh but yeah it's definitely he she fits the profile of the type of women Cassian has sort of repeatedly found himself attracted to I, well and I think it's also he's attracted to them but he also like really respects them because like yes. he complimented her and called her like a, a good healer mm-hmm. and which is like I mean instead of just going up and being like hey I think you're hot he's like you're a good healer which I I just really think Cassian has always looked up to women who are like I guess in a place of power or whatever he just respects them yeah um, which and so could- I think that that tracks yeah, and you could tell that because in the first episode, he was so enamored with the um, older girl in the tribe, yeah. and then you have Bix, and then Marva. Like, yeah, it is very clearly a... Um, he drinks his he, respect he, women juice. He drinks his <laughs> yes, respect women. There's clearly something in this where, like, I think Cassian... Yeah, I don't know, like, how to say it besides, like, Cassian is, like, I don't know, attracted to very much trust, like, certain feminine energy which is also cool because I feel like that is something that we see a lot less in in men in Star Wars it's we get a lot of like male friendships and male mentorships but I think it's very cool to see Cassian be so affected and so often by strong women whether it be um, in a mother role in a friend role or in a romantic role yeah for sure um, anything else on Cassian, Blue? Hey, there was one part in this episode. I think when he was confronting, I forget who it was, whether it was Terramin or Scheme, but when he just like stares him down. Excellent, delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I combined. I I kind of combined them since they were together. But uh, Val and Cinta, Val and Cinta. Bestie, you need to stop saying Valence to get together because I think you're saying Valence. That's <laughs> and it's your happened, problem. That's happened your problem. Multiple hey. times Val- like is the ship name that everyone has <laughs> mutually agreed on. <laughs> God, but the brain rot is too bad. It is too bad. We, we know. <laughs> we know. She hears Valence, and that's it. Her brain, yeah. Yeah. like, it's like. <laughs> 
It happened in the last She's episode gone. too. <laughs> Very true. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> the the lesbians. Okay, yes. let me tell lesbians you, I rewatched. Space. So true. I was rewatching the episode today, and when Skeen says that there she's already sharing a blanket since it moves off screen and Vel is on screen for a good like two or three seconds so like I I don't know who is like debating on this or not that so I know what is you also are. wearing Vel's yeah like the it's poncho. the poncho that she gave to Cassie yeah. that Cassie gives back to her and now Cinta's wearing it like come on you can't ignore it did she tell and then uh when Cassie reveals he's being paid they she, turn to her and say, "Did she did tell, she you? tell you? Why yeah. would she tell Val or Cinta of all the people?" Like, yeah, like it's obvious. On. Yeah, I know what you are. <laughs> and like the fact, like she keeps whatever that, like then you can dress yourself. Her Stay coming focused, to stand, Clem. She's a jealous girlfriend. That's so funny. She like passes the alcohol to Cinta. And then Vel just materializes from the darkness. Stay <laughs> focused, Clem. <laughs> that was funny. And it's, and it's so funny because, like, every time Sita's like, Sita, like, in that scene, you look back and she's like, as soon as Val comes on screen, she's only looking at Val. Like, Cassian yeah. is forgotten in her mind. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you, when, when you get a pretty girlfriend, you gotta be, you have to be vigilant. <laughs> You do. Nothing's not going to steal your girl, but. (laughs) (laughs) Also, can we talk about how people are saying they're both going to die? Which, like, come on, besties. They're both on the poster. They're the only two Aldani rebels on the poster. Val got her own poster this morning. Like, also, we have (laughs) a picture released by Lucas Filzer or like whatever from one of the magazines of. Vel and Mon Mothma talking and Vel is like it has like an earring on like a Coruscanti like kind of look so she's definitely living <laughs> well yeah and she's she's also on Ferrix and she's in the ship leaving Aldani and she's also in the screenshot of uh with Nemec getting worked on getting balanceified <laughs> so true <laughs> but that makes me wonder I'm like okay Cinta like is she gonna be okay I there is another screenshot of her the famous one from all the trailers of her looking up at the star destroyer oh, with the star destroyer yeah so but that yeah. makes me confused because like obviously they just like escaped so I don't know does this makes me wonder does Vel and Cinta because they went off and did their own thing at the end of this episode um is it like they're setting up um I know that she has charges so like to blow things up so is Vel and Cinta gonna separate at some point um, and then Cinta's like seeing maybe like near the end of the episode, she looks up and sees the Star Destroyer come because like they just screwed up the entire garrison. I think that's what's yeah. gonna happen. Th- maybe, I was gonna say that. Well, is there? I like. I was like. I keep thinking like maybe there's a reason that like Cinta and Tamarin have to stay on Aldani. Yeah. Maybe See, they. Still, I think they get separated. With, maybe they're with Nemec. No, because Vel's with Nemec. So maybe like. They get separated, uh, and like they say whatever, and with Gorn for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either I, that I, or my other theory is Cinta is just in the back because on the ship escaping, Nemec is also you can't really see him in that screenshot. So my other theory is that Cinta is like 
yeah because because she is a healer specifically exactly yeah where are they gonna pick up that like random arm guy he's like he's probably it's luthan's like random contact (laughs) (laughs) they probably like jump to some asteroid somewhere and they're like on this some you know random station some black reference yeah hey there you go so true (laughs) so so the the, so the screenshot with cinta with the star destroyer it could either be for some reason she got left behind but i'm I'm liking your guys's theory way more obviously but it also could be because when the mission takes place it's in like the daylight we see that Mm -hmm. in the trailers so perhaps bell and cinta this is maybe that's when they've separated and that's like that's before the mission really gets going or while the mission is like happening and maybe we don't see vel on screen for that split second that Cinta's looking up at the star destroyer so it could be like while the mission is happening i don't Cinta know also still has a black outfit that we haven't seen yeah oh yeah that's on the it's, it's on the, the monster yeah. yeah and she's it's in a the very trailer shand-esque shirt yeah that she has on. <laughs> it's a she's in the trailer yeah when they get uh, in the elevator what? When yeah, was that? Was that in the TV so spot there, or in the trailer? There's an, yeah, there's a TV spot, and you see Terramin. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I almost forgot about it. I was looking through my screenshots today think, to like try and find stuff, but it's. I Vel- wonder if that's gonna be tonight. Oh, so. oh for sure. It's Shit is Vel- gonna go down tonight. Terramin. It's Vel Terramin, uh, uh Cinta. There could have been someone else. I forget. And then they have like two Imperial officers or personnel in the back of the elevator with like like they've been gagged <laughs> like they like grab them and gag them and like put them behind them in the elevator like... so yeah i'm looking forward to that <laughs> i i love the shot of the star destroyer coming overhead it was in the first trailer it was in the andor preview with the rogue one re-release i'm i'm so excited because also who do we think the engineer is i'm i'm gutting for krennic because i i heard rumors when the show was still in production that um ben mendelson was in it and those those rumors i've been on twitter a long time those rumors came up like three or four times and yeah. i think it would, it would just be very funny if he showed up and i hope we get barley ronan i know um i think it was mac that came up with the tweet that said if the 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 science engineer couldn't go so he sent his like aid in his place that was funny I, I just want to know, what the hell do they do to get an entire Star Destroyer sent to Aldani? Like, shit, shit is going to go down. Yeah, I don't know. I There's people who think it could be Galen as well. There was, has there been rumors of him coming back as well? I I, I thought I there was, but I think they're, they're, they're not less as strong as Ben yeah, yeah. yeah. And it makes more sense. Engineer from Coruscant would make mm. more sense if it was Krennic, so... Yeah, because yeah. wouldn't I don't know my Rogue One history, but wouldn't he still be on like Ariadu or something? Or not Edu? Sorry, Ariadu was in. Yeah, Ariadu was in Path of Deceit. This is yeah. Edu. Wouldn't he still be on Edu, like putting the fine the finishing touches on the Star Destroyer? Or or Ga- Galen? Yeah, Galen. or Krennic. Uh, I don't. We don't know where he moved around during that time. So he, I yeah. don't know how huh. long he was on because he he was on Coruscant before he left and then afterwards yeah we have no idea where he ends up he could have been moved around going so yeah we don't know how long he was on edu it could make sense that he's there now but um oh yeah my money's on credit sorry 
ignore that conversation but go on uh yeah I think it's cool I think Val's a really interesting leader and I'm interested in learning more about like how specifically if we're gonna learn more about how specifically she fell into being like Luthen's kind of leader person in this if she's meeting Mon Mothma for the first time or if she has a connection to her um yeah because uh just a little while ago there was a little interview that she did that was released just like a couple hours ago oh yeah and she was speaking about how her character has like like an emotional yeah yeah, side to her and so she kind of teased that we're gonna get to see that more so I'm assuming that lesbians (laughs) that and we're yes and we're probably gonna get probably like a backstory for her so I'm excited to see that yeah, I'm interested to see what her story is. Because is she another Imperial Defector? Because, as Emily said, Tony Gilroy loves his Imperial Defectors. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm excited to see her, her backstory. I'm really, I'm, re- yeah. Because then we see her on Coruscant looking all nice, talking to Mon Mothma. So we don't, who is, mm-hmm. does she have like a history on Coruscant? Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And I, I like how... Um, I think Emily, you were saying that she's like a leader. She has like leader qualities. Um, I feel like Cassian and her, uh, I don't want to say mirror each other, but they kind of like, I think that Cassian is going to be learning a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Um, you can already tell that he respects, I think he, I feel like he respects her. I feel like, I don't know how to explain this, but whenever I see Vel, I see Cassian in the future. Mm-hmm. because because she um she lied to her group but she did everything that Luthen told her to do she mm-hmm. everything that she did with the group everything she said all the lot li- the lies and everything is exactly what Luthen told her to do she even um she even quoted him basically because he said what was the the plausible deniability or what was the he called Cassian something the use of Cassian being in the group something and then she said the same thing to the group later when they got when she brought him in so she's very much listening to him as a superior and I feel like and she's trying to stick to it and I feel like Cassian is gonna be he's like that I mean we see him like that with um Draven later on Draven tells Mm -hmm. him to do something and of course, he's going to try and do it. I'm not saying it's a one one in one kind of situation, but I see echoes of that. And so I feel like if there's any character that Vel or Cassie are most like, it's like each other out of the whole group. They feel, I don't know, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Mirroring. Foils. Yes, kind of. Yeah. 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 I definitely, I definitely uh, agree. And I feel like, yeah, you can kind of tell she is in a very it feels her she does feel very Cassian in Rogue One uh especially kind of pre Edu mm-hmm. yeah. vibes yeah um anything else on Bill Zinta? I want to see him kiss I was literally <laughs> just gonna say I want to see him kiss on the mouth <laughs> we deserve it I we they do. deserve it Tony so said true. this is I know that Liz found this on a podcast Tony said that he got pushback for trying to put something in the show and it was not shit it was not that so I don't yeah because like in that podcast the guy asked him he's like 
uh, so yeah, did you get any pushback about putting a curse word in Star Wars? And he's like, I was watching it back and like, I, I forgot we even did that. But no, yeah, no, we didn't. But there was something later on that we did get a little bit of pushback or whatever. Kiss from, on and, the mouth. And... Kiss on the mouth. Kiss on the mouth. <laughs> Please, Tony. <laughs> yeah, he, that's a good, um, podcast to listen to if you really want to know where Tony's like headspace is about this show he reveals so much I was I was cackling he's hilarious he also got so defensive of Cyril so funny he's like he said I have very deep affection for Cyril Karn he said (laughs) that he said and the guy kept trying to say this this interviewer kept trying to like make illusions that Cyril's like gonna be a fascist and he's gonna like go all this way and Tony's like is he though yeah <laughs> is he? Tony like, was like Tony's like is he though or is he just a guy who likes rules and I was like okay Tony <laughs> he's like he said he he said he's um he's so he's like pure and he's almost an innocent yes. <laughs> and, and the, the interviewer was like but yeah but you can see like with the corporate like bureaucracy and wanting to stick with it and he's like no 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 that company was like he basically is like that company was shit <laughs> I just wanted to make it right yeah he he uh sorry to skip ahead to Cyril but yeah Tony defended this guy with his life and I was like whoa (laughs) he said Uh, I write him very sympathetically yeah love that anyway sorry (laughs) no uh now we'll go on to Skeen who we learned it wasn't really as big of in uh episode four but we get a lot of in this episode I can't. He he looks like a rat, and every time I see him, I just think of the Punisher. Yes. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. he was he was on the bear too, and like mm-hmm. people like, think about him. And I don't know. I I had I noticed this. So just like when I watched it a couple hours ago, like you did, Hayden. Um, I noticed <laughs> when uh Cassian walks up to him after he like took his stuff. He's like, oh yeah. Vel must not trust you completely because she wanted me to look through your things. I think he was lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was he's so lying. He's like, that. he's like, but you can go ask her. She's about to wake up. Like, <laughs> dude, you just, he, that, that's a lie. That was You're a lying lie. to your teeth, man. Yeah. He, she did not ask him to do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I think well, it's, oh. No, this is probably like a, a crackpot theory but what if he is like what if he turns over the Aldani crew for the money I don't know but he the fact that he was like super defensive about Cassian I I don't know but he was just not very cash money with him being there the thing is I I've seen a lot of people also saying they don't trust Skeen and I don't I see that, but I also don't, I think based on what we learn about him, I do sincerely believe him when he says that he hates the Empire. I think that, I think that as much as he might not like Cassian, I don't think he would ever rat him out for money because I don't think that Mm -hmm. he is in a position where he would feel like morally he could take money from the Empire, especially based on what happened with his brother, which Mm -hmm. like, that's so fucking sad that was so sad and I was wondering this makes it even more sad so he said that his brother basically drowned in the in a lake but 
he first said that the empire flooded the the grove the pepper tree grove that his brother had i wonder if he like went out over the grove and like wanted to be down there with them with the trees Aww. that makes me so i'm sorry that was really heavy no. but but, no. but i'm sorry no it's yeah, so sad I mean, it's so sad it's very it, it does like i mean it reminds it it, it gives me that same like kind of list sought feel yeah where it's like when i was oh, talking kind of. about how the empire came and like took like killed all his people like that yeah. kind of thing of like and i think it's so interesting because we hear a lot of stories about people take everything getting taken from them and then like oh i'm gonna fight the empire but i do think that it's really sad to think of how like what happened to his brother probably isn't an uncommon occurrence this yeah. idea of everything is taken from you and you just don't have the fight in you to to do it and that was his whole life that the empire took from him in a matter of of probably like you know minutes seconds whatever and he couldn't fight back um and yeah it's really it it does I say this but like it it does feel like he is very like Baze Malvis coded and like uh because in the Rogue One novelization at the end Baze talks about how he has this whole monologue of the empire took everything from me they took my faith they took my planet they take they took my home they took my friend and that feels very much like Skeen's kind of motivation here of like they took his brother they took you know his family kind of history from him they took his freedom because they put him in prison like all of this and they branded him for life now um all of this stuff and like Bayes because um also in the Rogue One novelization and comic we get this idea that uh Bayes almost killed Krennic on Edu for revenge for Jetta. and you know the same thing here of uh so that's what you're here for revenge like that's enough for now um I really I really like I like to see characters who I think in Star Wars who I, I think it's interesting when they're just kind of motivated by this anger like not even necessarily of like what I'm doing is morally right but just kind of this like I just have to like get back at these people who took everything from me um it's like yeah that's like I mean it's it's the base mouthless thing it's a little bit gin I think it's even a little bit um I would say maybe a little bit Enfys. I think Enfys falls more into what like Cinta has going on, but like clearly uh, her mother being taken from her is a motivation for Enfys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still don't fully, I don't know. I still don't like fully, <laughs> but like I do really deeply uh, feel for him. And I do like that we get a character that is so outrageous. Like, yeah, I won't revenge. Like that's why I'm yeah. Yeah, and I feel like Cassian definitely um, resonated with that a little bit because we know he's experienced some of that and we know that we're probably going to see even more of a reason why he might feel that way later on in the show um, revealed to us. So yeah, I feel like he definitely, when he accepted, sort of accepted the apology with that um, because he, yeah, definitely resonated with it, so so they're like in some obviously in some ways I probably that's probably why they butted heads because they're like you know who I am you know what I'm capable of they both said stuff like that to each other like if if you know. Nemec, I it literally is like 
I mean, if Nemec is is the youngest brother, Cassian is the middle brother, and Skeen is the oldest. It's that is that sure. dynamic. They both For get sure. along with the youngest really well, but they kind of yeah. butt heads with each other. <laughs> that's so. Now that I th- see it like that, that's absolutely what's happening. Yeah, like when Skeen's picking on him, he's like, drink your milk. <laughs> Cassian just chucks it in the fire. <laughs> drink your milk. Good for him. <laughs> and then he even pokes fun at like you can tell that he has a lot of like uh love for Nemec though. Mm-hmm. He could like it's a lot of like comes out of you know love, but the uh Nemec thinks that he can whatever I, that we're like on oppression, he doesn't <laughs> he's yeah. a true believer. Oh Ske- Skeen pretends not to listen, but I'm getting yeah. through to him. <laughs> that's that's little brother energy. <laughs> I love that scene though. It's so cool to see those three characters interacting like that because just like Nemec's uh, enthusiasm when he's speaking about the um, the atrocities that have been committed against the galaxy and how he's so, he's, I feel like he has such a good understanding and a grasp on what's happening. And of course the other people in the group are there for the sort of this basically the same reason they want to fight the empire as well but i feel like nemec just sees that huge that big picture you know and he he doesn't i i just love that i love how he's talking to cassian about it and how uh skeen's like oh well i wonder what clem thinks and he's just like well i know what i'm up against and everything mm-hmm. else will just you know whatever so like cassian i feel like cassian has a definite understanding of what Nemec is speaking of but he hasn't seen how they can actually fight back because he's been doing it all by himself he's never Mm -hmm. had other people to actually stick it to the empire with so of course when he's like you know with Luthen in the ship and he's saying well I don't know why like I don't why would I do this why would I risk my life for this it's not nothing's gonna work and he's like you know so now he's gonna see hopefully with this group what they can do together and he'll see exactly what Nemec is saying and hopefully he'll get to read the manifesto <laughs> the manifest his extre- his extremist manifesto oh my god makes him just as <laughs> as dangerous oh, god. as the empire that do about gave not- me an aneurysm oh my god that thread i i couldn't even read the first tweet i'm sorry i saw the screenshot i saw like the first two sentences of like you know what I'm not doing this. Just I was like, didn't pay attention. <laughs> did you look up the definition of a manifesto before you tweeted this, or did you just think of the communist manifesto and went, ah, oh god? <laughs> well, okay, but this that that kind of like uh, thought that they had going there reminds me of people who try to say like that saw is like this oh, bad Lord. guy. That's like the same vein. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, I am and not excited though- for those episodes for that reason. <laughs> And even though I said, like, I, I was like, everything, and, like, the funny thing is, like, everything that Nambic is saying for people who do agree is, like, fundamentally saw, like, the, the, uh, the pace of oppression, the pace of oppression, or the rate, whatever, uh, something oppression outpaces our rate to, un- or oh, outpaces wait, our I wrote that, I wrote the quote down, the I pace have of somewhere. oppression, the pace of oppression outstrips our ability to understand it, understand it. This like idea and like what he says about like, oh, they hide behind 40 atrocities because that's too many for like people to comprehend versus like one. Yeah. Like it I I just I liked that. I mean, it's so it's so implicit in the rebellion, but I did appreciate that being said so out loud about the empire and how they work. Um 
and also like yeah I was like here's the thing I was like yeah fundamentally that is what Saul believed <laughs> like fundamentally yeah if Saul and Nemec met Saul would probably read the manifesto and agree with basically everything <laughs> yeah I hope they meet I don't think <laughs> Like I don't tool. know, man. That cyborgification uh, is looking not good for him. <laughs> forearms is gonna. Um. Yeah. I saw he's. I, I was like, he looked so like hurt when Cassian said he was being paid. Because he trusted him and he told the group that he did, that he felt, he told the group that he felt good about him, that he like believed in the cause. He said that in episode four. And then mm-hmm. he also was talking to Skeen after Cassie went to go talk to Terraman and Vel. Didn't he say that he trusted him? Or he said, you don't trust him, do you? Like, I trust him or whatever. So like he, he affirmed several times to the group in private that he trusted Cassian. And then for Cassian to be like, nah, I'm here because I'm paid. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I, poor guy. I do- but I do like how his words still matter because it does fully convince Val, I think. And I think yes. that was, because Val knows transparently why Cassian is there. And I think Nemec saying that did make her feel better. So I yes. think there is still weight behind his words, even if oh, for sure. the full. But for him personally. Yeah, for him personally, yeah. And <laughs> he's like, ah. Well, and Nemec and Skeen and Tamarin are probably like, yeah, we fucking told you. <laughs> 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 for, for, uh, <laughs> he I have been thinking about this he's like he's the the Bob slash Eddie Munson coded character that everyone falls in love with and you just you know he's doomed I didn't want to say it on Stop Twitter it. but you know he's doomed <laughs> what what's what's Bob's name it's not Bob Saget Bob it's not Sean it's not Aston yeah oh oh, uh, Sean Aston Sean Aston yeah but what's Bob's last name oh I don't know oh it's Bob Bob. it's just Bob Bob (laughs) so so 2010s humor coded (laughs) (laughs) yeah just Bob Bob and Eddie Munson they were just gone the second they were introduced (laughs) even even like that Bodie even the Bodie Rook thing where like he's so passionate about it oh like, no is so passionate and like he has this pureness to him this yeah. gentleness I was saying that in the pod with Savi I was like he's got gentleness to him mm-hmm. um, and you know that's how to- why Tony's gonna fuck him up because he, he we all saw what he did to Bodhi <laughs> well okay we but we Bodhi, he saw what he did to cheer it but but he's he's gonna he's gonna be okay he's just gonna get balanceified and then it's balanceified. Just gonna, like, <laughs> he's just gonna galvanize their resolve they're gonna be like how dare the empire hurt our boy we see that also saw Guerrera fight we also forgot saw Guerrera in our cyborg That's parts true. but he, oh he my does god. have prosthetics oh my god. Well. it's true yeah so wow. wait, what's the roster now we have fennec shan Cobb vanth valance pretty soon nemec and saw and luke skywalker who else? And Anakin, but Anakin. And Anakin, like... yeah, he he's an asterisk. <laughs> Anakin's an asterisk because we're talking about a, spe- a very specific time period. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, that's our roster right now. Uh, and then finally we have Gord and Tamarin for the Eldani. I don't know if there's much to say about them this episode. Gord but... had a Mud Trooper helmet on in that one picture that StarWars.com posted. I. I, I think that was on the first episode. So yeah. Or I think the fourth was... episode when he rode up with it. Yeah. I 
I, I just love, love that Keeper so much sorry go ahead <laughs> no I was just gonna say I love that and I love the that he came up on the uh speeder bike I have it I love ships and like the little like <laughs> machines and vehicles in Star Wars I just I don't have like an obsession over them but I just I there's certain ones that I just look at them and I go ah oh, chef's kiss this is the perfect vehicle <laughs> like the u-wing i'm like i just love this ship so much i, I love the u-wing so much okay oh my so, gosh <laughs> uh, i love the speeder bikes i love the sounds that they make like when they come through the trees like oh oh my gosh so i was super excited to see that but also circling back to gorn i thought it was so clever how he kind of i don't know i don't want to say he didn't plan it but like how he kind of was like yeah you guys if you like would have painted the staircase <laughs> then you would have been able to go watch the eye of the Aldani and they're like please sir just let us have this time off and he's like ah oh Fine. I guess so <laughs> and then as he's walking away he is this little smirk you know <laughs> I, I want to see more of him I hope that he is okay in the end please, but then yeah. Tamarin yeah but then Tamarin he was a former stormtrooper so that's like why he knows everything that he knows and he can like tell them how to march so just, I thought that was I'm, cool. I'm in, I'd be interested to hear why Tamarin maybe joined the stormtrooper if it was something like Han, where it was like, yeah. I just have to join because I'm trying to get off this planet. I need a job. Vampire is really the only one offering. Um, Probably. Yeah, I, I would be curious if it's a thing where like maybe if he was a part of the Republic, maybe he had some like positive associations with the clone troopers. So like, that could have been a pull. I don't know. I'd be interested. Also, Gorn, um, we learned that he was in love with a local woman. Local girl. A local girl. And then it makes me really sad when later they say, can you imagine this place filled with a few thousand Althanis? And he said, yeah, I could. Yeah. Oh, that made hurt. me very sad. That hurt. So yeah. He lost, yeah, he lost the promotion. He lost the girl. And eventually he lost his taste for the empire. Uh, that, everyone that has was, their own rebellion. Oof. That was Chef's Kiss line. Just Ugh. yeah. I don't know. That's... Did Dan Gilroy write this episode? Or I think so. who was it? He has some fucking bangers in this one. Like he went off. He was on his computer typing. Freaking keyboard was on fire. <laughs> what is Tony? How, what did Tony call him? Tony's called him like a freak or something. Yeah, Tony's Tony like he, he, can, he <laughs> Tony is like he can do anything. He's a freak. I was like, why would you? What? That's he brother. literally called his brother a freak. I think he said something else similar to that in that uh, uh podcast I listened to. He was like saying something silly about freak. his brother. He's a freak. Yeah. All in okay. love. Of <laughs> freak in the streets and freaking Google Sheets. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Tony and I'm his- laughing. <laughs> Tony and his keyboards were just fucking like Google Doc was. <laughs> he's like, what do you think about this? And he's like, man, you're a freak. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my god. I love I uh, uh, the man got do uh, we're doing Star. Uh, I got hired for the Star Wars project, man. You wanna Damn, they he is a twin brother. John, poor They're John twins? Gilroy. No, him and uh Tony Gilroy oh and him are brothers, God. but then Dan has a twin, John, who was not involved in Andor. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, John. Rip to John. <laughs> He's worked on Michael Clayton, the board identity. Oh, the suicide squad. Oh, oh, the bad suicide squad. <laughs> oh no. Okay, maybe not then. 
We're just gonna forget about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's it. Does anybody have any other thoughts on the Aldani? I love the troopers. Mud troopers, please. <laughs> I fucking love mud troopers so much. Also, if you see me tweeting about the the Alden Han mud trooper costume, text me and tell me not to do it because I have come across that hot toy so many times and uh, why would I just we got, stop you <laughs> i just got don't tell me that because i just don't. got a rewards check for my student loans today for having good grades don't tell me that no well, maybe you don't want a little treat money. maybe you do need a little treat since they the other week they dropped you from all your classes <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm about to make a bad purchase <laughs> Do they have a Mud Trooper uh, helmet? Like, don't they have like the helmet series, right? Yeah, no, the they don't things. have a Mud Trooper. <gasps> I was tweeting, tweeting about this today. this today. I need a Black Series Mud Trooper helmet so badly because all of the 3D prints are super expensive. And I I, I can't say on Aren't I they metal cast? Bando. I Aren't don't they know. metal too? I think that the little Some helmets are. are, yeah. They sh- oh man, what if it was metal, no. Hayden? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I all just, of all I of Hayden's one. Star Wars cosplay just have the Mud Trooper helmet on it, not because that fits, but just because like it's <laughs> Cadelia, like, but you just have a Mud Trooper helmet on. <laughs> She's wearing Valentine's old Mud Trooper helmet, and when I bring Valentine to celebration, he he just has his Mud Trooper helmet on just because, just just, just for the for memories, fun, just just for when he got blown up, you know, <laughs> I. I just need it so bad. I I hope in this next round of whatever announcements they're doing, they're A, announcing a freaking another comic line of Black Series, and two, they're doing a Mud Trooper Black Series helmet. I I need it. I I love it. I also have Poe's Black Series helmet, but it's at my house, and it's literally just sitting in my closet because I have nowhere to put it. But if, I'm making a promise right now, if we get a Mud Trooper Black Series helmet, I'm going to put it on like a stand and it's going to be the centerpiece of my Star Wars collection. I, your shrine. My the shrine. The centerpiece of your shrine. I just love the Mud Trooper helmet so much. I don't know why. I think it's the bucket. I think it's the bucket and the goggles, which also what makes me sad is that I lost the goggles for my Han, the Mud Trooper Han Black series at Celebration no. because I had them I had them in my pocket and then I bent down to put the comics away that Charles Soule was signing and I guess it fell out and I was so flustered and like freaking out because I was meeting all of the comic authors that I just like didn't pay attention. So I lost it at the Anaheim Convention Center. I'll, uh, I'll miss you forever, goggles. You left your heart there. I did. I left you my left heart, heart in the <laughs> on the floor of the convention center. <laughs> so true. In the form of those little tiny goggles that go around Hans at Charles Soul's feet. <laughs> Pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we'll move on to Coruscant. Uh, first, let's start with oh everyone, a, a, a favorite silly little guy, <laughs> Cyril and his wonderful slash horrible mother. <laughs> I could not stop laughing when I was rewatching this episode because so- it was literally a conversation <laughs> with my mother. It was, it, <laughs> it was just so much and it was so funny and so meta. Like the judginess and how her, his mom was like trying to help him, but she's really like judging him. Like 
<laughs> the fact that he keeps making jokes and jabs and he, and she just keeps blowing right past them <laughs> he's trying his like, best to like meet her like intensity or like you know snarkiness and she's just like going on he's like he's not there yet he's not there yet he's like po- he's multiple times in that scene he like drops his spoon into his cereal and then like in the second scene he like shoves his cereal away from him <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm honestly God surprised. Like we didn't just get a clip where he just like shoved his and just like put his head down on the table. No, <laughs> yeah. Did when he, he like, like pinched his his nose? No. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He's like, I was, can't. I can't handle no. this. It was like, no. no, it was like Dan Gilroy somehow got a picture of my memories and like <laughs> took it out and put it on the screen. Especially over breakfast, too. Like, I, uh, I love how he, in two separate scenes, is eating cereal as his, like, depression meal. Like, I, that like resonated me. with me. Just, yeah. just like us for real. His crunchies. The crunchies. <laughs> Canonical crunchies. Canonical see, crunchies. I really love, I was like, look, once again, say what you will. He, he's relatable. Because what is he doing this episode? He's crying. Relatable. He's eating Can cereal. He just cry, please? Relatable. Like he's 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 living with his mother. Relatable. He's looking at pictures of Cassie and or late into the night. Relatable. Like all of this, like it just really builds. Um, and he, he and he has like you know action figures on his shelf. Yeah. Relatable. <laughs> Hello. His his black series figures. His black <laughs> his, series his, figures. I think they're like clone troopers. They look like it. Yeah, yeah no, I think, I think clone the troopers. Bank, they, they said yeah, the it was data bank. The, troopers, yeah, the data bank. Cyril. Cassian had his grievous lunchbox, and Cyril had his clone action figures. <laughs> well, while Cassian was throwing rocks at clone troopers, Cyril was playing with action figures of them. Do you think he had like a Jedi one that his mom had to like throw away after Order sixty six? she was like, "We absolutely." (laughs) He has one. He has one that he stuffed between his mattress. You know how like some people have certain things between their mattresses. He doesn't have any of that. (laughs) He has. has I lost it, but he hasn't hidden. (laughs) His his action figure of Obi Wan. It's just. No, because if he was living on Coruscant at the time of Order 66, those those suits would have been out of there. Like, they would have been melted down with the lightsabers in the Imperial Square or whatever. That's so sad. I never thought about that concept before. He would have had to melt the little plastic action figure that Obi- or action lightsaber that Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) has. You know, the the fold-out ones from Target? (laughs) oh my gosh those are all going to the foundry with masameda <laughs> oh my gosh just throw them in with the real ones no one's gonna notice <laughs> oh i feel so bad for him though like he came home and his mom just smacked him like ugh. uh I-, I hated that no and when i when I saw that for the first time, I had to clamp my hand over my mouth because I started laughing maniacally. It was 12 a.m. I was in the living room. All of my apartment mates were asleep and he fucking gets slapped across the face by his mom. I swear to God, I laughed like an idiot for like 30 seconds. Well, they built, like they built up 
watch where it's like so sad the sad music of him walking, walking. home through Coruscant <laughs> you know and, and George like, Michael his George like, Michael Bluth moment <laughs> he like gets there he's like mother <laughs> so <loud. laughs> that was perfectly pa- like oh the way God. they did that whole thing was amazing like the shots were so beautiful and then you get right yes. to this like you the door opens his mother dressed in warm clothes with the warm backlight and you're like ah oh, okay all right and then she just <laughs> slaps him eating really carn. perfect you Perfect. are an icon <laughs> the woman Truly that you are one of the mo- funniest moments in star wars <laughs> they both yeah. are so good too because i feel like initially when like we heard kyle talking about his character like he said he was like something you'll love to hate but like i don't think i expected him to essentially be the comic relief of this so far well, like i didn't really <laughs> expect him to have this like humor to him that is so natural and like that's just like that's also like a big chops to like both um the woman playing Cyril's mother and uh Kyle but like oh. god like I, I was like there was like there was these are really the moments of levity we needed this episode <laughs> for sure for sure and I think we're he's gonna I I just I feel like he's gonna stay that way I mean we're gonna probably see him do some things where we're gonna be like ah oh, Cyril what, what the heck are you doing don't do that <laughs> um but I, there was a couple things that Tony has said that has led me to believe that um, we're going to be s- sympathetic to him through the end of the show. And because um, he was making the point, he said, there's been some characters that I changed my feelings towards, but he never changed. Like, so like he stayed sympathetic and towards Cyril and um didn't lose like any affection for him through the entire series but there are other characters that he did like that you will see that you you kind of so it's just lending to the theory you know who tony has a lot of uh sympathetic uh has a lot of affection and and sympathy for fucking imperial defenders this is what (laughs) i'm saying hey but like he could he could write balance so well that's all i'm gonna say (sighs) And rubbing my hands together maliciously. <laughs> and Callus. I don't, I'm not the type of person who's like, Callus has to be an Andor or anything like that, but mm-hmm. he would He'd write him, write well. him well. Yeah. He would write him well. He would write a rebel Callus really well, I think, too. Ooh. That's, that's yeah. honestly so sexy. <laughs> yeah. But the last arc of think, season two. I think, too, I think we're going to see him be a little awkward around uh, Vedra. I think that's my. <sighs> That I think he's gonna, gonna be, be so a little funny. awkward. I think he's gonna be a little uh, awkward because I think he's gonna be flustered. I think yeah. so too. That leads us, or you know, Dedra. Oh my gosh, Dedra, Dedra. I don't know how mm-hmm. to say her name, but oh, well. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'm so I'm just like quivering no, he's, inside. <laughs> he's gonna go into that like the the kind of state that you go into when you see a hot girl and you like can't talk to her. It's, it's going to be very funny. And especially because it's Cyril and he's going to like literally stand there. Like, you know, the levitating emoji, like literally <laughs> like that. <laughs> <But Exactly. yeah. laughs> exactly. 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 And he's, you know, he's going to be so like her energy is just going <laughs> to overwhelm him because she's going to immediately be like this. Like, I feel like she's going to immediately be like, this is the man that I want. And she's like, I need him in my life. I need him. And he's going to be like, okay so so this is how I think it's gonna go I think that she's gonna be looking through those files like she was in episode five and she's gonna find 
out about him from it obviously she's gonna if she's like reading like reports and she's gonna be like hey this little shit is on Coruscant right now doesn't he didn't were they joking when they said that they go to the same tailor and that's how they meet or was that like them being serious I think that that I I originally thought that it was uh like the the costume department um but every time Denise talks about this sometimes it feels like she's like not separating herself from Dedra, which I think yeah, is so well, funny when she's like, I she thought, and I. Yeah, and I thought maybe it was true because we get that detail of Cyril tailoring his own. Exactly. So, so if I'm thinking it's maybe like his mom might be like, you need to go get this tailored for your interview with your uncle. Oh. And then Dedra goes in to get her uniforms tailored. And <gasps> Oh, and then maybe, maybe it's right. Maybe she does see her name in the file. And then she like sees like, like they were like, oh, this is for Karn. And she's like, who'd you say? Oh, and then she yeah. like puts it together that like Karn, Cyril is on. Because, okay. So that makes me think of the seatbelt suit that he's <laughs> <laughs> And how he's like, he's like, Cassian Andor is a danger to the empire or whatever. Like he's definitely talking to Dedra in that scene he has to looks, be and it looks like ISB headquarters because it's all that white exactly so I think that he's gonna be like <laughs> he's a danger to the empire and she's like mm, I love that about you <laughs> anyway so my true, you, get out, you get on the desk <laughs> <laughs> okay but can we talk about how our assistant is literally like Tarkin 2.0 I've, oh. I've seen multiple people say it I, I thought that first when I was watching the episode 2 I was like that motherfucker is Tarkin's bastard. Like the <laughs> bone structure, the hair color, the intonation of how he says his words, like everything. Like that is a miniature Tarkin. He has studied but him. He, so but he, true. But instead he like just like kind of respects the people he's working with. <laughs> he's like, yes, girl, you're so right. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I am right. Robots. And she's popping like Adderall, Adderall, so she can like. Do, do we, we think that was a head? Was it is that headache pills or was that like a stim I, or what was that? I feel like I it might it be a stim, a stim I because think, I think yeah. Mac Mac was talking about it and she was talking about how like it's almost like this. She was talking about like how her, how her friend said in medical school like the professor was like oh you should like get Adderall if you're not on it to like stay awake and basically like be able to like compete. So I'm thinking that it might have been a stim basically so she could it's like something she uses so she can continue to like get ahead and like stay ahead and like on sick balance diagram reference (laughs) (laughs) i saw that food and energy capsules i'm serious pull up pull up the the balance diagram it's there on his silly little pouch on his silly little belt i saw it i saw it i don't think it's of yours (laughs) i don't think it's as intense as that lady is it from the poe comics who does it in like her eye malaris yeah yeah that's what i kept thinking but i think that it might be like basically adderall where it's like yeah she's using it to stay awake or like some sort of like caffeine because it's something pill yeah (laughs) because she's like you should go home (laughs) it's like no i'm gonna stay with you (laughs) so i think that's and i think that's kind of just adding more to like her ambition like how ambitious we see that she is and that she's like kind of willing to like cause herself harm to physical harm that is definitely malaris coded is that her name hold on i'm gonna look it up real quick but keep i have no idea she freaked me out 
<laughs> I did not like. Well, the, I did not like the shot in the eye. That well, that speaking about her ambition, um, it's that hilarious. makes me sorry. Go ahead. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, it makes me think about how she's becoming disillusioned with the bureaucracy. Like you can tell, mm. she's been trying so mm-hmm. hard to be this good ISP agent, work her way up the ranks, and all that. Basically, just to be told, you're just giving us textbook answers. You're just supposed to be contained. You're here for this reason which is like misogynistic or whatever diversity hire exactly and so my roommate told me that she was the diversity hire and i i died laughing oh my gosh but it's but like it's true and and so well i mean it's that's their truth about her but she's not there for that she's there to actually like make waves and like rise above and so you can see that she's facing all this bureaucracy and it's starting to frustrate her and she's trying to do everything she can to push back against it she's like looking in all these like files for missing lost uh damaged imperial items and they're just like oh no everything's fine you know all the reports say oh no everything's fine we haven't lost anything and she's like well is there like some other unofficial reports we could look at like she knows that the empire is like lacks in a lot of ways and they're just covering up covering up all the bad things that have gone like wrong with their uh sectors and stuff with things that they've lost and so she's like well is there anything unofficial and so she's trying her best and so she's disillusioned with the bureaucracy and we're seeing that Cyril is the same he's disillusioned with the bureaucracy so much so that he just like took some guys that went to Ferrix to kind of like figure out the murder and, <laughs> and got everyone murder. fired <laughs> like he so they're definitely here we go. They're the twin flames of the empire. So true. <laughs> Imperial twin flames. Uh, I can't wait to see them come together. <laughs> I made like a joke about this, but like it is funny that she's basically there's relativity. They're like, no, and Cal's is like, hey, there's like five rebels, and they're like, here's like all the fucking resources you need. And I do know that part of that is because they have a Jedi, but then I think that makes an interesting point about how there might be this overemphasis of the Empire on finding jedi not just taking down rebels but finding jedi specifically and also how if they acknowledge that dedra is right then they have to acknowledge that their control and their reach is not as good as they thought they have to acknowledge that they are failing as this like factors regime because resistance cells are popping up um so they can ignore her as long as they ignore her they don't have to acknowledge the ways in which they are failing um so i yeah i think that's really uh interesting it's like a joke but yeah but like also it is like you know they don't want to acknowledge the rebel cells so bad they but they'll hunt down they'll spend all of these resources hunting down jedi and it's like well if you had listened yeah no no, for sure if you had listened to the girl boss (laughs) maybe you like trying to warn everyone and they're just like go back to your office like we said, I just know Dedra was huffing and puffing when she learned that an ISB agent had defected and helped the rebels. Oh, lordy. <laughs> like, how could this happen? <laughs> I, I would have never. <laughs> this is not me. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, and that's what makes, uh, we'll be getting into theories if I go on and on about Cyril, but I have this. Have- no go into it i was gonna say i have this hope that he's gonna defect uh i just think with all the different elements that we've seen of him just in the show but also like if you really read into them 
um, but also interviews with Kyle and Denise. Mm. Denise also kind of gives, when they're going back and forth with each other, you can kind of tell that she's like, Kyle said, I don't know when Tony and I talked, he said that he's like, well, is there, what's the like end goal of my character? Like what's, where's he going to end up? And Tony's like, we don't know. So do what you want with that. And then with uh, Dedra, Denise basically asked him the same thing. And he's like, oh yeah, she's definitely going to be like, you, you have permission to be an asshole this whole entire show. Like you don't have to worry about your character turning and becoming good again. So you can be an asshole, but not this, not the same for Cyril. Yeah, and the fact that it seems like they made jokes, but it does seem like both of them at least live through this season. Yeah, because, yeah. And will probably be in season two. So I imagine if this path is, I feel like Dedra is going to continue to sort of be our big bad, uh, even going into season two as we build. And she maybe goes, like, higher up. Um, yeah, I'd be interested. I'm, yeah. And she's probably going to torture Bix. I think that's like- <laughs> No, see, that's the one thing. I'm just like, please don't, please don't. Well, okay, yeah. Or the other thing that's going to probably happen. Yeah, or she does both. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't think I can do I don't think. <laughs> that's not very supporting other women of you, <laughs> Yeah, that would definitely not be. Um, no, I'd be so upset. Uh, but I feel like it could happen it could be my other thought is for Marva it's gonna either or that the guy that Dedra doesn't like or the uh fake callus those are my other two guesses <laughs> Wilf for whatever his name is Wilf uh yeah. they said his name and I forgot it but yeah I know when I saw him in that in that shot on Ferrix I was like oh it's him it's the man it's the yeah, one I, I remember i was like where he looks nothing like i mean he could have looked like callus if but they he made had him the look, beard but he yeah. made him look not like Callus. he was like uh, i guess we'd move on to mon mothma and uh by extension her family because we do see her daughter for the first time lita who is apparently 13 she looks 16 i'm sorry the star wars database which does make her only a little but that would make sense because that would make her like um just like a year or so younger than uh luke and leia oh that oh my gosh imagine mon mothma a young mother hanging out with padme who's pregnant and she's like oh my gosh you're gonna like she's giving motherly advice to Padme, yeah. sorry I just went off there <laughs> no but it's it's also that also makes sense because that I like how they they probably did that because they were like well she can't be pregnant in revenge <laughs> we had the deleted scenes so she can't oh, be no. pregnant then oh, I had that backwards yeah no so mama yeah, yeah. is pregnant after but, sorry oh my gosh oh yeah but I'm like, so sad that's sad yeah. though well, because also I did not know, but uh, Padme and Mon Mothma are the same age. Yeah, they are. Yeah, did not know that. They're both. Yeah. They're shout both. Shout out uh... to shout out to Julia, who's doing her Star Wars age series. That's how I learned that. <laughs> uh, but like, but how yeah, how old were they in the Clone Wars? How old was Padme in the Clone Wars? She was twelve. Phantom Menace. I think she was 27. She was 14 in Phantom 27 by the end of the Clone Wars. <laughs> Is that math right? I don't know. No, I <laughs> think she's 27 in Revenge of the Sith. Okay, okay. Wait, but, it, I, I think sure. but if Anakin's 
25. Anakin's 22. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Sorry. Oh, yeah, because he's 19 in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so Mon Mothma would be like in her like early 40s here. Uh, she looks great. <laughs> she really, really does. The prime She's milf gorgeous. Literally. Mon Milfma. Gunning for it. Cannon. <laughs> She and she's also a tea girly. We saw her pot of tea in front of so her. True. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, I knew that she is a tea connoisseur. No, she had it right in like, front of her. Yeah, Chandrilla is a tea planet, not a coffee planet. <laughs> I love, I love that so much about her. Uh, but she's for Genevieve is forty five, so she's actually not. She's like around Mama's actual age. Then that's interesting because that's not true for a lot of characters. And yeah, <laughs> <Cassian>. <laughs> I love I love Genevieve. I like Genevieve and uh, Diego being almost the same age, but Cassie and Mon Mothma being <laughs> twenty years almost, apart. Yeah, twenty years. Oh, um, but we yeah we see Mon Mothma's daughter. Thoughts on that interaction? Oh my god. Perrin Mosma, meet me in the fucking pit. <laughs> I, I tweeted this before. I tweeted it last week and I tweeted it today when I was watching the episode. If I touched his little like hair curl thingy, it would crackle in my fingers. Like, you know, okay. So, you know, in competition dance, when you need your hair to stay up the entire day, you literally like slick it down so your hair is like a helmet. That is what the little curl thing is. Like, if I touched it, it would crunch and then little pieces of hairspray would fly off everywhere for sure he he smells like axe body spray and bo he smells like axe body spray and bo yeah it's either that that. it's either that or he like overly sprays himself with um really expensive cologne yeah that like bought for him as a gift yeah yeah, and it makes your it makes your nose hurt whenever you're actually around him. actually she didn't buy it for him as a gift. She said, "I don't like that smell," and he bought it. <gasps> In and then <laughs> oh my god, you should see our faces yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that would totally happen. But I I uh, I sorry, feel bad because was... like Lena's thirteen, so you like understand where you're coming from. Where it's like she's thirteen. Her mom's this like senator. She's leaving this double life. So like I do understand where it's like you don't have a lot of time for you, her. I understand. I was we were all on this chat. We were all teenage girls who were probably really mean to our moms <laughs> when we didn't necessarily mean to be. So now watching this as a as a girl in your 20s, I'm like, be nice to your mom. <laughs> you don't understand what she's doing for you. I know. It's so I, I I keep I've watched that scene multiple times to try and like pick up just the little idiosyncrasies of the acting because there's so much going on between her and Moth and Mon and Perrin um, just in the way they move around and the things that they're doing um, Lita getting up you know and everything and so and then Perrin kind of like sort of shaking his head um, and saying like oh well you need to ask your mother like Perrin didn't talk very much through the whole thing but that was also like the wrong thing to do like he should have mm-hmm. been sticking up for mon or telling lita like hey you know this is what's going on this is what you're gonna do because you know this is what your mother is telling you to do but he didn't back her up so i mean he did defer to her but he didn't do anything more than that and so but i also think like there was a part where when lita was saying like you always basically she was like you just think about yourself or you always make it about you 
Um, and Perrin kind of gives this sort of look that I don't know that Mon even noticed, but he kind of like looks to the side, like almost like he's kind of like, like, a, like agreeing with what Lita was saying. And it just makes me wonder, um, cause there's so much like going on in this scene. There's so many layers actually to it because obviously Perrin's in the wrong for not speaking up. And obviously Lita shouldn't be speaking like that, that to her mother. Um, but there's a reason why this is all happening. This didn't just happen out of thin air. Like, obviously there's something that has happened in the past or has continued to happen that's led to this point for the family. And so I think that parents probably indulgent to Lita and then the real parenting moments that are happening are from Mon, but she's not there often. It, it gives the feeling that mm -hmm. she's not in the picture as much and that whenever she is around, Lita's just like, as she's growing older, she's thinking, you're only around me because this is benefiting you. And so I think there's a lot of layers to it. Um, I don't know really know where I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, it's such a, it's such a real scene. Like we're all saying like, yeah, this is something that we could have a conversation we could have had with our parents or our mother. And so I love that they added this to it because it really shows that Mon is like, she's got this double life that we actually haven't seen too much of yet we don't really know what she's doing um and so we only really see how it's affected the family if that if that's fair to say we've only really seen her interacting with her family and Luthen like once and so we don't really know exactly how her involvement is or how it is in the rebellion at this point so I think it's really interesting that they chose to show this aspect of her almost first so it sets up everything yeah <laughs> yeah and I think like I definitely see what you're, I think it's like it's really complicated because I think what's happening here is like implicitly it's like Mon Mothma isn't around a lot but it's when she is it seems like she is more the disciplinarian parent which builds yeah. and she's not around which builds a lot of resentment with with Lita Perrin doesn't like Mothma so when Lita comes to complain about her to her dad instead of oh, yeah. probably saying being like kind of co-parents of like oh you know your mom's busy she has an important job it's really hard for her right now he is instead shit talking with his her, her, yeah her is his, his, like probably her feelings, Lita's feelings are valid because like she's 13 and those are completely valid feelings to have however like he is then like further validating exactly this resentment when a good partner would try to exactly put into perspective what it is and also you can tell that Perry like you know he really takes a step back he's like I'm not gonna be the one that like pisses her off but like you can be yeah oh my gosh that's definitely that's definitely what's going yeah. on there <laughs> and then with them and the speeder um after they went to some sort of function uh Oh my God, he... the charitable event thing. That was okay. funny. <laughs> so he said he was talking to someone about her. Like he's like, he basically is like, yeah, I was talking about you with this one person. And she's like, uh, <laughs> okay. He's like, yeah, he knows, he knows you like better than I know you or whatever. And I thought that was such an interesting way that he's like, went at that conversation with her. And then the fact that she's obviously there's a reason for every single bit of dialogue in this show. So she dropped that she was starting a charitable or a charity with this guy or 
I don't know with the person, but with somebody. And that made me wonder if that's also because like she started this charity because she's struggling to get funds for Luthen because we hear mm-hmm. that she's struggling when she meets Luthen. So maybe that she started this because she's trying to secure more funds for him. And maybe the person that she t- mentioned like, oh, I think this person can help is the person that she's like has created this charity with perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense you just know parent fucking hates bail organa yeah you know you know that parent you know parent goes to these events and he shits talk bail organa with slime more yeah (laughs) and then bail comes up and he's like hello (laughs) and they're like (laughs) bail organa hello hey (laughs) i feel like brand tried to be supportive like once and be like well you know we're both like you know, she, I'm a queen, but like we're both the partners of senators. And she like tried to be nice to Parent, and then she was like, "Never mind." I'm and then Parent opened his mouth. I don't want this man on my on my home in my planet anymore. I don't want this man near my daughter. Their parties. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that Wait, which yeah. one is the dinner party scene in? Is that Princess of Alderaan? Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay, I need to read it. <laughs> It's a good one. It's so definitely good. something. There is something now knowing what is happening. Oh, I think I know what you're talking is, about. It is makes, it, yeah. It, the, the consensual workplace relationship with yes, Balin. But it, it makes it so much funnier now that we know that Mon Mothma is also married. Because that makes it better. Instead of like, oh, this is just his single colleague that he's like cheating with. They're both cheating on their partner. <laughs> Yes. Did it, did it, did it Leia like start crying when Brea like, Brea started oh, Brea? crying. What yeah, Brea was... you? I, Leia was just like shocked. Okay, <laughs> I, think okay. she, I think it was like, the shock that really sold it, but like, yeah, because oh Brea started like crying. Uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah. Perrin is like, Mon, you're no fun at parties. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Come on, in that's the fucking performance pit. of the life of her life. And he wasn't at the party, and you know, if he was, he would have been like, "You're not." Like he would have like he would have yeah. been like so. He would have been such a buzzkill. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he would have ratted them out to Tarkin to begin with. <laughs> yeah, he'd been like, "Yeah, this is happening," or "No, it's not." Yeah, he could have just weaponized it against her. Like, yeah, they're they're together, and it's not true. <laughs> Who knows what Perrin would do, <laughs> bro. And then, uh, uh, and then lastly, we have Luthen and Clea, who we don't really see a lot of. We just see him listening to the radio. And Clea's um, like, stop. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with Clea's character because she she seems like one of those characters who's not really like a side character, but I don't know. She's too important to be a side character, I feel like, because she is i feel like she's the owner of the antique shop and luthan is using it as a front like that's what i got from that last conversation when she says if you want to be useful polish some coins like go off queen i'm excited yeah and then we also have that um the one scene where she's in like the hood she's like very handmaiden-esque with like the lip and the the hair and the face and the hood i don't know i'm really excited i do you think Oh my god. Wait, do you think we're going to get Imperial Senate scenes today? Or episode Ooh. six? I, I can't wait for that Imperial Senate, man. I'm so excited. That would, either that or like the dinner party where Mon Mothma says, 
the nuisance like if I'm a nuisance they won't see what I'm really doing yeah. which could be actually after me but it would make sense because it would make sense to match like Cassian's high stake mission with Mon Mothma sort of doing something mm-hmm. high stakes like that yeah. like being in the Imperial Senate yeah. so that would actually make a lot of sense I hope we do I'm ex- I am really excited for that too I remember when I saw that shot in the trailer I was like <gasps> yes <laughs> all the all the air left my lungs I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I think we're gonna see Sly more in that scene too either at the, yes. at the dinner party or at there because I remember I was like analyzing that <laughs> screenshot and like there's this little white speck and I was like who do we think this could be no way no way like, no Masmata? way like I'm serious it's just a pixel like I don't know how anybody could think this but one of my one of my mutuals was like I think that it could be Sly more and I was like oh <gasps> you're right there's nobody else who's a white pixel like standing in the middle <laughs> Oh my god no her her appearances in vader 2020 are gonna go up so much and i have all of them already yes <laughs> i win she's the emperor's side piece i guess right she's or like that's the, the rumor that's the rumor she's the that's emperor's the... side piece side piece because the emperor's side piece is masa Meda, but then he has another <laughs> side piece that's like side piece adjacent and that's slymore i think slymore or like slymore <laughs> I've been waiting to make that joke since what episode four? When was that? Episode four. Yeah, yeah for two weeks, and I've just forgotten also, to say it. Also, while we're on Luthen, Liv, was there anything new <laughs> that happened? <laughs> no, this is no, this is entirely Ephraim's fault. He, oh my god, made me like oh. absolutely spiral. Okay. No. Okay. No, I, I know exactly the conversation you're talking about. Listen, mm-hmm. because first, first, there's the Sankara the stones oh, those. from Indiana Jones oh. and the Temple of Doom in the background, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And then what else? And then, this is our second then, Indiana Jones reference. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm waiting on a third this week. I'm waiting on them to have the Holy Grail. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Wait, after brings in the Holy Grail. Sorry, go ahead. Choose wisely. Yes. Perrin is drinking exactly. out of the Holy Grail. Stop. <laughs> um, but then there was also the Sith holocron. That who pointed I- out? You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Anyways. Um, it was really big. It was yeah. huge. So I it's think- the one that was in Dryden Voss's like, <gasps> yeah, in solo. room thing but in solo. she also has it. She also has it in Crimson, not Crimson Rain, War the Bounty Hunters 4 when she takes she, Margo. She meaning Kira. Yeah, she meaning Kira, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that she takes Margo and the other lady, I forget her name, and that Trinia. other person in who? Trinia. Trinia, there we go. I don't know, her name always escapes my mind, but that's when she like uses it and it looks like she's using the force, but I don't know if like the Sith holocron like floats on its own. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's so yeah there's that Sith holocron and then um Ephraim was like what if what if Kira is is the comic cameo that we've all been waiting for and my brain just started like deteriorating yeah and (laughs) I spiraled so fast and so hard um Mm -hmm. and I concocted some crazy crackpot theory of how Kira could can show up um and it is related to the indiana jones artifact <laughs> well like go buy it from him listen, listen because if you look in dryden's study 
you can also see the golden fertility idol, which Luthen has. And the And Carbonite. Yeah. So you basically think that she sold a bunch of stuff I, to or like gave it yeah. to him? Either I she think, sold I think, maybe. I think I she think, sold the first light. And yeah. then that's how he got in possession of it. And then that's how maybe she gets it back. Yeah, I'm thinking so I'm thinking after she kills Dryden, she does like some spring cleaning and is just <laughs> selling off. He's like, who stuff. needs these dusty old things? Exactly. Exactly. New Crimson Dawn, new Kira. Um, <laughs> so she she sells them off. And then I don't know. I feel like she wouldn't sell off the Sith Holocron just because no. she is connected to Maul at that point. <laughs> And she would probably, he would probably explain, like, the significance of that. So I'm thinking, like, maybe Luthen is, like, holding it for safekeeping or something. And then our comic cameo will be um, Kira going to Luthen's shop and getting the Sith holocron back. Live action boy. I I love that. This show does seem to have a particular affinity for solo connections exactly. in a way that so a lot true. of the other projects have not we, uh we didn't have, even talk but, about the castle run the castle name drop the castle name, office. Okay. castle name drop Mimba uh, name drop. we also got jaku raid name drop yes, so we did. For, for the for the sequel girlies <laughs> uh but the corellian hounds han fighting on mimbam kessel now this like i don't like i said tony tony it would he sees us it would be so funny to me knowing what tony says about star wars if he decided that the easter eggs he wanted to pull was from like the movie that like he was like well people just don't really seem to like this one so i'm gonna pull from this one it's so true but you know what we like it thank you tony okay i'm speaking to Liv about how she possibly uh, sold the uh, items to Luthen. I just, mm-hmm. you know, with and with Maul in there, I just got this like vivid thought of like <laughs> right before Maul like hangs up on her with the with the hologram. She's like, wait one second, and she's like turning it, and she's like, all right, what can I sell? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't want anything but the holocron. She's like, cool, I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> oh i wonder like yeah i don't yeah or like i wonder if luthan has like this like deal with her or something maybe he she like he like keeps some of this stuff because that's that also it was interesting to know that was not something he had on display that was mm-hmm. something he was hiding yeah. in the back room with a radio exactly. that he was using to communicate with rebels that's not something that he seemed to be <laughs> wanting people to know that he had so if if he has all these oh my connections God. and, to get and stuff. we also have the 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 second scene of him in the shop where he's showing Plo Koon's mask from that one clip or was it a clip or a trailer it was in the was main part of the picture. shop right hmm? i think was it was it a still i think it was a picture oh oh my god okay the Sorry, this there was is so much that they had in his shop that, like, I don't know if Tony was like, okay, star group, just go crazy, like, add whatever you want, you know, <laughs> or the set designer, he's like, go crazy, dude, like, I don't care what you put in here as long as it's like in universe, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, ha, let's go crazy. <laughs> or if he like consulted about each thing and they explained it to him. Um, either way, I'm just so happy that they added all those little things in there, like the, uh, the, the 
mortis gods um yeah the, 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 handshake, the world between the rock paper scissors yes <laughs> and like and a calicori like that's a like pretty heavy nod to rebels and um mm. and then they even added in and i'm not much of a fan for uh i mean i played the force unleashed but the star killer oh the star um, killer mask yeah yeah like the whole get up i was like they even added that like what the heck um i love that they're doing that it's fun <laughs> it's fun it's something yes. fun for the kids okay yes because we like solo. <laughs> he's like, I'm doing this for the solo girlies. Yeah, oh, he said, he said it's for the standalone girlies only. <laughs> forget so the rest true. of you. Forget the forget the OG trilogy and the prequel girlies. He does it for the and he does it for the sequel girlies too. Because just, just yes. a smidgen, just, just a smidgen for the sequel girlies. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a good, if we have any other theories for this season, we kind of talked about it, and now we have Kira theory, which is a new unexpected theory. Now we're we're back on Kira watch. This whole time, this whole time, all of us are like, it's definitely going to be End Fist that is going to be the solo connection. (laughs) No. No. Surprise, it's, it's been literally around. everything but Enfys. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Enfys, I think we're, we could definitely get a name drop of her in scenes with Saw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I agree. Because they had connections with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sure that um, we might hear something about her. Yeah, and, even uh, like if Mon Mothma, because she said she wants to bring somebody into it. So even if there's like kind of a list of people they have of like who they could potentially bring in, I definitely think that, yeah, she's one those that. lists those lists there's a lot of lists in this series well because it and, would make sense yeah yeah the thing about the thing about this show that I think a lot of people are not getting with like the whole cameo easter egg stuff is that most of the time or sometimes at least easter eggs don't make sense they're just in there to kind of connect it to the larger galaxy but having these name drops and easter eggs that make sense that's okay having luke skywalker show up at the end of andor does not make any which, sense best which is what tony was saying this whole exactly. time if you go read the interview that's what he was saying he's saying yeah. i have cameos here be that it's not just saw is here because saw's it here sense. it's it's we're having saw here because he is is an intentional thing in the show i think even stuff like having a sith holocron adds to like luthan's character and like and this like cover like how the fuck deep undercover are you or like what connections do you have that you have that object like that's crazy that's insane it it enriches the story everything that we're talking about that connects to the wider galaxy it just enriches the story so yeah darth vader showing up at the end of andor I've seen people complaining about that too. He's not like, going to show up. I don't think, I think that if there's any like bigger characters that don't connect to Andor specifically, which I, and I don't even think that this is the case that they're going to do this. It would be very subtly referenced to the point where it's like, you have to squint and go, is that who they're mentioning? Is it? Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be like, I feel like that's Admiral what it would be like. Be like, is that Thrawn? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like those like, sort of things yeah. would make oh, sense, yeah. but if they had just like Thrawn just walk on by, like I don't think that'll happen. I just want you know, like it's so funny where actors walk where they have like extras that like 
are really bad yeah. at being extras and they walk really <laughs> slow in the background of scenes that's what we get we just get a man who's very blurry but he's very clearly blue just walking like so slow he's walking to the, the bathroom in, in, a, in, a, in a white uniform just like in the halls of the isb headquarters we just see this like little <sighs> smudge it's and like the whole entire shift twitter goes insane like Bigfoot. <laughs> literally and he have eaten that pose <laughs> A shorter man in a in a green uniform following him. Everyone's freaking out. <laughs> Literally, Dedra and Cyril could be kissing. <laughs> That's all you see in the background. Everyone's like, ignore that. Not not Thronfoot sighting in the Deidre kiss. <laughs> exactly. It could be. It could be. You just see like a you just see like a woman with like a kind of big poof of hair in a white uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, oh my gosh uh, i yeah i have one more thing to say that connects yeah. to the luthan scene um just okay the end scene where you see him turn off the light so like the holocron display like turns off and goes dark and you see like i think clea kind of walks away and he's like closing down that little area and the camera zooms out outside the window of the shop and you see like the lights turning off inside the music during that scene oh. was so like my goosebumps i'm nicholas, so ready for the soundtrack nicholas Bertel is he's I, going off yeah. on these he is yeah. a, a genius yeah he was really doing the most with this i love he it he kind of said i he kind of said i saw what michael ganchino did i mean i could kind of be one of them <laughs> no so for true. real and I know yeah. I've said this in a in a previous episode, but once he gets his hand on those Rogue One themes, oh my god! I, there's one instance of that happening. I, John Powell with Solo. Once you get those like main themes from the original trilogy, but you have like the drums and everything added into it, masterpiece. See, oh, the yeah. anthology the anthology scores go so hard, and when they bring in the scores from other movies, it just it just makes him go even harder. And I'm oh, really the hope sweet. The hope sweet. Oh my god. When Nicholas Bertel does something with that saw theme that we got in Rogue One. Like when Chef's we get kid. that and we get that same like shot of like his feet as he approaches, but instead now oh, he has I just got he chills. doesn't have this oh, uh, the cybernetic god. one yet. <laughs> no. Oh, okay yeah. sorry can i say one more thing absolutely yes. okay this is kind of theory too and i mentioned this on my pod wasabi um i just had this thought that like luthan goes to seesaw so it sort of it sort of made sense or that's not the word i'm looking for um in the trailer when he's talking to saw you can kind of see that perhaps they know each other they've spoken before they kind of maybe have a history who knows um if that's the case and Jin was around with Saw at the when they've when he's met him before. I can imagine Luthen just going up and like doing a throwaway line, like, where's your shadow? Or uh, where's your oh right hand no. lady? Turns I, out, turns out Luthen was the one who ran it out to the Rebel Alliance that Saw had a 12-year-old that he seemed to favor. Yeah, okay. Because that's so, in the Rebel dossier where somebody basically says that Saw had when but when they talked to Saw, he had a 12-year-old who he seemed to favor exactly That's what it says. <laughs> exactly so i can so see him just going up and it's a throwaway line like yeah where's your shadow and then saw's like i don't know what you're talking about 
I'm gonna have to call 911 on call yeah. for Emily <laughs> because because okay hold on Emily when did uh how long before probably these events did uh Jin and Saw separate I would it's really hard but like my guess is it's well because it wasn't five BBY because if Jin is 21 she was 16 when Saw left her so it was, was like that year so like yeah, like, I mean, depending on when this takes place, if this, if they're meeting, because the first season they said takes place over a year, so maybe the meeting will be a little closer to 4BBY, but, like, it's been months, probably. I mean, he seems to be healed from his injuries, and his hair has grown out, because we have to remember that yeah. Jin used to shave his head yeah. um, for him, so but, like, it's months, like, not that long, less than a year. It would have been less so... than a year. Remember and this. That was another thing. And like, <laughs> once again, it's not like Saw hid Jin because she no. went to she was with him in the Enfist too. Yeah, um, exactly. And didn't she and he didn't go, go on with all him? the missions? Yeah, she, she went go with, with him. him to meet like uh, Bale and didn't she like encounter Bale and Leia? That or is that, that not is, canon? That is non-canonical because they're both okay. children, and there's absolutely no way for that scene to happen. Based, on... <laughs> I know. So what was that in? Looks, was that the comic? That was, that was the Rogue One comic. Um, okay. But basically, essentially, there's really no canonical way for that to happen because that looks like a rebel meeting. And Leia didn't know about the rebel until she was 16. Also, uh, it wasn't that formed at that point. No, that's what. So I did okay. think that was like a throwaway. And then they were like, they're like, no, that's not where that's we're not, going. That's with this. fake. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like, it's like an artist interpretation. It's kind of like how the Jin and Saw, like the from the comic, their panel of him okay. leaving her differs a little bit yes. from canon i saw yes. that panel for the first time the other day the way he like pushes her away and <laughs> i'm sorry it's very funny it's very that's funny not how it happened no but it's funny when in the book you realize he, he was like gr- this is also he, he like basically cut off somebody's <laughs> it's there's some brutal scenes in real rising uh yeah yeah Anyway, uh, Kesselrin Book Club. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of. Speaking of. Uh, um, comics. I think. Was there anything the, that came out last week? There was Mando 4, which, oh. I will grant, it had the Noto cover of Mera. <gasps> and, yeah. I sick. saw that in a store and I didn't buy it. What's wrong with I, me? I miss them. I miss Omera. Bring her <laughs> Omera! That's what her Especially name because he's taken off the helmet now. Yeah. Uh, go back oh to God. her <laughs> but yeah That's... there was that cover wait let me see if i have it oh i do hold on one second i don't Here know if, ever, if i've ever said uh, it but that's like my ideal way that i want mando to end is him going back to sorghum and being with omera mm-hmm. please i love yes. that this cover was just so good I it's beautiful when the solicits dropped i think in august i I was going crazy on the timeline. Like, Phil Noto's stuff is just fucking insane. He he truly is keeping the comic industry afloat right now. Like, oh my god, how the color scheme, the composition, like, come on. You 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 can't get better than Phil Noto. Um, but yeah, anyways, I did read this because it's basically just a book or a screen to page adaptation of mando episode four and i've watched the mandalorian many times so i don't think that is very relevant now if the andor one if they make an andor one i will be reading (gasps) (laughs) 
I and or one this is a different oh, story all of a sudden no. if 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 they make an and or one I am reading that every single week if we okay, so you know, yeah if we if, if we get uh, <laughs> <laughs> no if we get so for the Mandalorian they're doing different cover artists every week but for the Rogue One and the solo adaptations, we got Phil Noto doing all the covers. I know, Phil, you're booked and busy, but please, I need you to draw Bixed. Please. Savi was tweeting about it today. They said, like, her braids in that style and, like, her features. I just need it so badly. Please. Um, anyway, that is the comics for this week. But coming up next week, we have, well, technically this week, we Come have, on. hold on, let me pull up my silly little tracker. High Republic Volume 1. High Republic number one. Phase, um, phase two, Volume 1. <laughs> phase two, Volume 1. No, Phase phase two, fa- phase two number one. Okay. Yes, there we go. Phase two, number one. <laughs> Um, and Star Wars 28, which I have heard great things about my friends who got ARCs. Um, I, I've talked about it before. I'm fucking loving this arc. And apparently there are some references to perhaps a main character being a little limp-wristed. Um, very excited for that. But then we also get, I talked about it before when we were starting recording, but we also got smidgens, the origins of the Chanel boots outfit. That, that panel came out in the preview last week. I living hashtag living um so yeah that's this week's technically well next week's technically this week's um as for books i've already talked about it i'm actually being very literate right now i am about 20 30 20 or 30 pages in to most wanted and i'm on page 211 of path of deceit but i have a midterm this week and a shit ton of homework so hopefully i'll be able to read it this weekend but i'm i'm loving it i'm not as big of a high republic girly as other people I, i'm enjoying my time in this establishment i'll be very honest i am i'm enjoying it the the cover is stunning along ooh, excuse me <laughs> along with the path of vengeance cover that got released at the publishing panel like whoever the artist is hats off to you Mwah. chef's kiss chef's exactly kiss. emily exactly um what else oh and then in two weeks we have vader 28 which i would just want to say one thing about that i hope they're getting off that godforsaken planet with the fucking governor we've been your there favorite, for like it's your favorite comic six, <laughs> we've been there for six or seven issues we have literally been on this planet longer than an arc like get out of there get out of there <laughs> uh anyways that's it for me emily what are you reading if you are reading anything my literacy has returned yeah i've finished two books since the last time we've we've talked (laughs) uh i finished path of deceit i really enjoyed it tessa gratton and justina ireland you are sick and twisted (laughs) (laughs) and i'm in your walls what the hell but it was very good i really enjoyed it i think it was a really great opener to this new phase and I'm honestly kind of happy that they went with the YA opener for this phase because I think the YA High Republic books are so good and I feel like not as many people have read them um 
but this one they made it very clear that it was very that these these are uh the higher public books these are a little bit more integral to like the overall story um and I'm glad and I really I really enjoy Justina Ireland's uh writing style I really liked Out of the Shadows um I'm excited and um I read the first one of her middle grade ones that I'm blanking on the test of courage. Uh, I, I love both of those. I really liked her. Tessa Gratton. I thought I, it's hard to tell like who wrote which part, but I did enjoy this and I'm excited to see what they do um, going forward in this phase. Cause I know they're also writing something for the YA anthology. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how Kevin Scott continues the story. Cause I believe oh, that he is Lord. writing uh, Path of Vengeance and uh-huh. I mean this was already kind of like rising storm level so I can't even imagine um, rising storm <laughs> level and the first book yeah. oh no no I when I read rising storm I I read it in like a day and a half I oh god we're in for really- it yeah, I would really recommend this. Um, if you haven't read The High Republic, you can start with phase two. No problem. Yes. You don't have to go back and read live. But but, also, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's really good and you can start on it and I would really recommend it. And I would recommend getting into it now before we get a lot of the books. Before comics. we get and in you, the and, shits. And then you get really overwhelmed. And this is really good. Uh, and next month we're getting the first adult book, which I've also heard is very good. Um, As have I. And... And then I read Love on the Brain, which is the book, the second book by the published Ray Law of The Love Hypothesis. But I really enjoyed it. I think I might have even liked it a little bit more than The Love Hypothesis. Some of The Love Hypothesis, what was actually fun about it was like being like, oh, which characters, Star Wars characters are these characters based on? Oh, that's funny. That's Rose. That's Finn. That's Poe. Um, but this one was really good. And I kind of like the love interest more I think so uh is this a is this a published fan fiction too or no I don't think so from what I, I understand so it's it's and it didn't really feel like any other fictional characters like when you read love hypothesis Adam has a distinct Kylo Ren <laughs> it's a him. love letter to the Raylo fandom the Raylo fandom but yeah this one but it was I thought it was uh it was very good very interesting um and I think it's cool because I guess the author was kind of like in the STEM field. So I think it's cool how she writes about like women oh. in the STEM field from that perspective. Um, and it doesn't feel too like fake science-y like sometimes books get. <laughs> uh, and then I started the uh, Now I Rise, which is the sequel to Anna Durkin by Kirsten White, who also wrote Padawan. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I really like Now I Darken finished that. Uh, this one seems good. I was reading it a little bit before we started, so I'm excited to get into it it has been sitting on my shelf according to my goodreads since 2017 <laughs> so so really great to finally be reading through that backlog um especially since i met kirsten white and got it signed um <laughs> so true but it's really good yeah padawan really was like damn i should be reading the kirsten white books that i have they're good uh Liz, what are you reading me? If you're reading anything, yes. <laughs> I am. I'm actually reading Path of Deceit right now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm on, I think, uh, around page 50. And um, this is my first foray into the High Republic. So Ooh. I heard that this was a good place to start because it's like a prequel to a new the events yeah. of phase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I picked that up and I am 
really liking it. Uh, it's definitely something totally new. Um, well, not totally new, but you know, it feels new and mm-hmm. I'm really getting into it. And there was a couple parts where I was like, oh, you know, so only in the first 50 pages, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Are they, they really did that. I'm excited, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So um, I'm really liking it. And I also picked up a um, Rebel Starfighters workshop manual. Uh, oh, yeah. And so, so it's like the, it's, it's like a bright orange and it's got a bunch of the Rebellion Starfighters, uh, like the the schematics and like all the writings on them it's so good and I was tell I've told this before but I w- like was at Barnes and Noble and I'd seen it before and I was like okay maybe it's today I'll get it and I took it out of the shelf and I opened it right to the title page of the U-Wing in the middle of the book and I was like oh. the Lord is telling me something <laughs> <laughs> like I have to get it today so yeah it's got like 12 pages all about the U-Wing and I, I didn't even look at the rest oh. of the book I was like this is all I need mm-hmm. And so, um, so I instantly bought it, but I've been thumbing through it and it's actually really cool. Cause it's got some, um, at least where the Ewing is, uh, concerned, like the whole first page is a, uh, speech by general Merrick and about like, he's talking to the pilots of the Ewings and like telling them that they're, they're like really important, like that they're just as important as like a X-Wings pilot, you know, and that he has a lot of respect for them, but it's this whole speech. And I just thought that was really neat. So there's just little, little things like that, that make it really cool. But yeah, besides Path of Deceit, I've been thumbing through that. So that's the extent of my reading recently. (laughs) Very fun. Uh, With that, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Linz, for joining us. Please make sure to go check out um, Starters Records. If you like us, I am sure you will love them because we've also had Savion before. So please go check them out. They are also uh, covering Andor as it comes out. So more more Andor content (laughs) to feed. Make sure to follow Linz everywhere else on social media. Make sure to follow us on social media. If you have any um, questions for us, you can send that to our email or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and may the force be with you.